good holiday. Let's pack the drag away. You take the luncheon tea. I'll take the ecstasy. Fuck off, you silly queer. I'm getting out of here. A desert holiday. Hip, 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 hip. Hooray. <laughs> yes. It's just what this country needs. A cock and a frock on a rock. That's just what this country needs. A cock in a frock on a rock. On a rock. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to another episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. I am the desert queen beating that face, bitch. All right on top of you, Priscilla Zenobia. And I'm your sexy, fun, flirty, flouncing about in my colorful frocks all around. Kisses, booty squishes, Lenny. <laughs> no? Yeah. You don't like my booty squishes? <laughs> I like the booty squishes. <laughs> and here on Lights, Camera, Cocktails, Cocktails we pair amazing cocktails, cocktails with amazing movies. Movies. And tonight is no different, y'all. Well, we do have a very, very, very special guest. It's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, we've got a guest. We've got a guest. we got a guest. we got a guest on the show tonight. Ooh, ooh. Thank you. A real-life transsexual. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Would you like to introduce our friend here? This is one of my dearest, wonderfulest friends, Jamie, has come on the show with us tonight, and they are going to be talking about this wonderful movie with us, so we have to have you here. Yeah, I'm way excited to be here. I love both of you so much, and I love this movie, so. Oh, I love you. I'm so excited. We're all together. This is, like, great. This is, like, Pride 2000 and what, 12? 11 or 12? Yeah. <laughs> Just virtual, Just, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got to take our shirts off. Like, it's, yeah. it's not Shake right. the titties. Shake it, shake it, shake it. <laughs> well, for our very last Pride movie for this beautiful Pride Month. I can't we, believe it. I cannot believe I it. I know. This has been a very, very great month. We did some new things, like we did our very, very first documentary, Paris is Burning. Mm-hmm. We did Rocky Horror Picture Show. Which Jamie has listened. Ah. Oh, yeah. for for for. Yeah, this is not today, actually. I know. Ooh. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then we have the... Yeah. Party Monster. Party Monster. That's what... <laughs> Yeah, I can't even remember. I can't remember. It's not really time warp. Oh, we did time warp. (laughs) And so now we are finishing (laughs) out with the adventures of Priscilla. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Queen of the desert. (laughs) That's my best Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Queen of the desert. Of the desert. And y'all, I am not going, I'm not even going to try to fake it. I'm not even going to pretend. I had never seen this movie. I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping. I've been Mm -hmm. sleeping. And seriously, I love it so much. And I'm so happy that my friends introduced this one to me because I, it's so great. It's so great. Jamie, had you seen this? I have seen it before. It's been probably five or six years since I've seen it. So it was a wonderful 
full refresh. I felt like I watched it through new eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on opposite sides of the gender spectrum. Just kidding. Yeah. It's not a spectrum in opposite ways. Yes. It's a spectrum in color wheel ways. Oh, <laughs> neat. I like, I like it. I like that. We're just slowly blends together i like it <laughs> so it's not so much opposite not so much opposite just, just a, either had i and i'm gonna like low-key blame my friends for not telling me sooner no not you guys i'm just kidding i'm gonna blame eric <laughs> let's we're blaming yeah. ricky no. for, <laughs> for the fact Call that he never out. showed me this movie and he's like oh i love this movie i'm like oh yeah well you didn't talk about it so that's crazy <laughs> well you're and we're gonna welcome. watch quickly follow room after this <laughs> okay, so I don't know about you, bitches, but I'm ready to drink. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I have not this been drinking this drink. <laughs> 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 I am so ready to drink this drink. Are you ready, Jamie? I'm so ready. Ready, ready, Taste ready. it for the very first time. Taste it for the very first time. Ooh, I like that. Okay, so we are drinking Queen Priscilla. <laughs> Cheers to the queen. Cheers to the queen. Cheers to the queen. So what you're going to need is you're going to need two ounces of your finest Australian red wine. I am using yellowtail because it's the only one I knew that was Australian because it got the kangaroo on it. Classic. (laughs) Is that what you guys use? No, we used another Australian wine. This was a very cheap one. It was like six bucks. Fuck so yeah. I care. I think everybody should go get it. Yeah. I'm not a big red wine drinker. Good. Yeah, red mm-hmm. yellowtail's amazing. If I had seen yellowtail, I would have grabbed it. Well, I grabbed it. And then you're going to need one ounce of pomegranate liqueur. Now, I used a different liqueur than I have normally used. La Pinta, La Pinta. Ooh. And it's a pomegranate liqueur, but it has 100% like blue tequila in it. And I knew as soon as Ooh. I tasted it, I was like, there's tequila in this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm about to get fucked up, y'all. Yeah. yeah, you this are. This is good. I'm, I'm kind of excited to like throw this in a margarita or something. This sounds good. That's so exciting. And then you're going to top it with your favorite white claw. <laughs> I'm using the black cherry white claw. Which I think if so. It blends really. What? I think with the berries, it blends really nice. Yeah, I agree. But if anyone out there knows that if there's an orange white claw, I'm looking it up. I would like to know. I would like to know if it's a real. You gotta thing. look that up. Look it up, girl. I'm looking it up right now. Because I went on a wild goose chase today. <laughs> Love it. And then you're going to put this in just a wine glass. I threw some ice in it because it's hot, girls. Yeah. And the ice uh, is an essential piece right now. Yes. And so then we topped it with some mint and berries. I knew it. White claw tangerine, baby. Now there is a white claw orange, but it's called surge. It adds caffeine to it. Yikes. Hi. But there is a white claw tangerine out there. I knew I had it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it wasn't crazy. I knew it. You're not crazy, but now I'm on the hunt for it. I don't even like white claws, and I'm on the hunt for it. <laughs> so I can at least take a picture of it and send it to you and be like, you are not crazy. I am not crazy. Okay, I thought the mint was just garnish. Mm. It, adds, it adds, adds to it. Dimension. It does. Make sure you spank your mint before you put it in there to release the oils and the fragrance. Yes. And I topped mine with a strawberry. And what you guys got? We did a mint as well, but instead of strawberries, we added blueberries. 
I like it. Yeah. I love blueberries. We do too. And so that is Queen Priscilla. Queen Priscilla. All right. So are you guys ready? Cheers. Cheers, my love. Cheers. Oh. I do. I do want to say, like, putting ice with red wine, it's just weird in my brain at first. Yeah. But, like... Oh, I'm white trash. Like, I'm <laughs> all about box of wine. <laughs> yeah, I love cool box of <laughs> wine. White wine, red wine. I'm learning so much about you. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, hella sangria. Like, me and Sydney Gamble would drink so much red sangria on ice. Like, nobody's business. You're right. You're right. Sangria on ice. That's a red wine. You're right. You're right. Carlo Rossi. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of. Yes, we used to take those big ass <laughs> jugs, jugs to Dolores Park. Who didn't? <laughs> yeah, right. Come and on. just down them. Down it. I'm st- I'm still not against it. My dad just discovered them now. He's like, "Did you know that these are here? They're only like seven dollars." I'm like, "Yeah, dad, I've been drinking them since college, man." Oh, that's you That's why you go to school. <laughs> no, Jamie actually turned me on to this really yummy cheap beer, and they have proceeds that go towards LGBTQ. It's called Montucky. Mm. Montucky beer. Ooh. Okay. Zenobia, go find it right now. They're doing a. A promo with a unicorn and a rainbow on the, the beer. Pride can. The pride cans. The pride cans. Unicorn and rainbow. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, I gotta figure out where they're gonna be. So, are you guys ready? I'm ready, baby. Let's um, jump on in. Let's get this party started. Ooh, are you ready for a little bit of history? Give me that history, baby. On. Australian drinking. Oh, let's get crunk with Austrians. Okay, no, that's so not what they're called. They're called Aussies. Aussies <laughs> I call <yeah>. them Austrians. <laughs> Please don't sound like ignorant right now, like saying Mexicans speak Mexican. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> learn your shit. <laughs> I, I did. People from Austria. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. All the zooms. I love you. I knew they're Aussies. They're Aussies. I just got caught up in the moment. I feel you. Well, oi, let's oi, talk oi. about drinking in Australia. Aussie, Aussie, so, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. So this movie uh, takes place uh, traveling through Australia. The Australian so, outback. I wanted to know a little bit about what it'd be like to drink there. Yes. <laughs> and so here we go. So drinking in Australia is different than drinking in the US. For one, it is expensive to drink there. To me, just listening to how expensive it was, it felt like us Americans going to Canada, where it's also expensive to drink there. Is it because it's an island? It's expensive to it, bring things in? It's because they tax... Uh, they tax it hard and they have free health care, so well, I don't manage it. Good for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's so expensive that, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels that would be like 18 to $20 here in America would go for like roughly like $67, like some bullshit for a bottle of Jack Daniels. So you're saying if I like to drink, I need to be in an industry where there's alcohol? <laughs> Present. All the time. If you if you want to drink, 
maybe give us a call so we can mail you a big ass box full of cheaper alcohol. There you go. Because, <laughs> yeah. Are there import um, taxes? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so what everyone does to drink cheaper in Australia is they drink beer and wine. And I know here in America, we think Foster's. Australian for beer. If you go to a pub in Australia and you ask them for a Foster's, they're going to laugh at your American ass and you won't get one because they don't even sell them at pubs. Right, like so you'd have to go look for it because it is not Australian for beer. It's America's Australian for beer. It's not Australia's beer. Fucked up. So you ass fucked up. I've never had one ever, I don't think. So I don't know what they taste like, but I would not go to Australia and ask for one. That's for damn sure. <laughs> We've learned so much. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Hold on. Can we just all cheers and say chokers at the same time? Because that's how they say cheers in Australia. On three. One, two, three. Chokers! Chokers! Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So... If you wanted to drink cheap in Australia, I would say drink some beer or drink some wine. But also the beer there is cheaper here in the States. So if you bought an Australian brew beer in America, it'd be quite cheaper here than it would be in Australia. Australia, yeah, is not a place to like tour and drink, I found out. And I want to go there because they have some of the beautiful beaches in the world. But that's a hell of a place. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So if you do want to drink on the low on the cheap, like some college kids or high school kids drinking, they drink this thing called goon. A goon. Goon. And I don't know why they call it that, but it's like box wine. That's what it is. And you get to like Oh, like a goon bag? I've heard of that. Yeah. Like box. Uh-huh. It's like a space bag. Box wine. What do you guys what did you guys call? A bladder. A wine bladder. Yeah. I've heard it called this. Yeah, like a wine bottle of some box of wine. A goon it's called bladder. a goon. A goon. They're about ten yeah, they're about ten dollars. Okay. So you can get that if you wanted to drink it cheap, but apparently that is just like gross. But if you wanted to get drunk real cheap, goon it. <laughs> Sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> have to be made. The standard shot in the US is about one point five ounces. Yeah, ounce and a half. Yeah. Uh huh. And except in Utah, <laughs> where it is one ounce. I know a thing or two about Utah. I know. When I saw that, I was like, I have to put this in here. But they're one ounce. They're the only other. They're the only place in the country that is like that. Yeah. Anyway, but in Australia, their shots are a little smaller. So if you go there and you ask for a shot of Jack Daniels, it's going to be probably about a half an ounce smaller than what. So not you're only going to be getting here. is it more expensive, it's more expensive for less alcohol. Classic. Exactly. And this doesn't just mean like, oh, if I ask for a shot, this also means that you're getting less alcohol in your mixed cocktail oh. as well. It's going to be less. Wow. That's fun. So that kind of sucks. So we're going to Australia to get sober, basically. <laughs> I don't know why we are even going to Australia after finding all this out. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> the beaches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why. Uh, so it may take you a little longer to get drunk out there. Another reason, another way that you're not going to get more alcohol f for your bank for your buck is that there is no free pours there. So here in the states. 
you have your bottle with your spout on it and you count it off and you could count about how much an ounce, an ounce and a half would would be. Yeah. Unless you're you can't in Utah. Do Unless you're in Utah, Utah, they have to use the jigger too, yeah. right? They have to they have to use jiggers. There's a little um, device that goes on top of the liquor bottle. It only dispenses yeah. one ounce. Wow, that's amazing. And that's exactly what Australia is like too. Wow. They can't Ooh. report. They have to have yeah, they're they're the Utah of the well. countries. When it comes to their alcohol. So sad. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they could drink on Sunday. That's like a plus. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when brunch is. How dare you not be enough with a drink? So um so there's no free pouring, so you can't flirt with the bartender. You can't tip them a little extra to get a little extra shot. None of that shit. You going to I mean, just have to. If you're a business owner, that's I guess a good thing. Yeah. Your profits yeah. not. There's no ever any kind of too over much overpour of some kind, and there's a hundred percent accountability for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How dare you make me be accountable for my shit? Another fun fact is there's no tipping there. So you will save a little money in your pocket because you won't have to tip your bartender, your busboy, your waiter. And you don't have to tip nobody in Australia. They don't tip. So that's that's a fun fact for you. Also, you the legal drinking age in Australia is 18, y'all. So they out there doing the damn thing. Good job. I think that's yeah. smarter and safer. I think so, too. I Me think too. it's smarter and wiser to start it off in a controlled area when you're younger and you can understand and learn about it whereas like to ship us off and we're in college we're just gonna like binge drink till our face goes off how can i go and fight for this country and die and then come back and can't get a fucking beer after i've seen some things that makes zero sense to me zero at least at least people in the army if they're under 21 should be able to drink the very least that's how i feel that's valid. yeah very least very least right (laughs) The very different podcast. <laughs> we'll get into that another time, but that, that's where I stand on that. So let's talk about beer, Australian for beer. There are different sizes of beers, and they're called different things. So Metric if you system. wanted, if you wanted a small beer or a five ounce beer, it'd be called a pony, and that's the name. Okay. So if you wanted pony beer. Um, I mean, a pony beer. I think some semi-equivalent. You can get a pony, $1 ponies. Yeah, I usually... I don't know that it's how many ounces that is. Usually about, because it's about, you go about four ounces. Okay. A a pony's going to be about four ounces. Makes sense. Their ponies are about five ounces. Cool. Makes sense. Because a pint of beer is what, eight ounces, right? No, a pint is more than eight ounces. It's ten, It's ten ounces. I'm pretty sure it's ten ounces for a pint. Please don't quote me. I've been smoking and drinking, and I can't. I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. Yeah, and, and I didn't realize I was going to be drinking tequila tonight, so we going to see how this night is going to go. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so if you wanted the next size up, which would be a seven-ounce beer, it'd be called a seven or a glass. So if you're like, let me get a glass of beer, it's going to be a seven-ounce. You have um, to be specific right. when ordering. Yeah, when ordering. Very so if you specific. wanted a if you wanted a 10-ounce beer, it'd be called a midi, a pot, a tin, or a handle. Ooh, a handle so, is mm-hmm. a large amount in American measurements. Yeah. Well, and here, it's 10 ounces of, of beer. Right. It's a handle. Okay. If you wanted a 15-ounce beer, it's called a schooner, 
A schooner. It's not a well, sailboat. It's a schooner. <laughs> what is that from? Kevin, oh. it's from Mallrats. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a sailboat is a schooner, dumbass. <laughs> no, a, a schooner is 15 ounces of beer. <laughs> dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> oh, I might be wrong. Okay, so if it's 20 ounces, then it's considered a pint. So maybe 20 ounces is a pint. I guess I was wrong. I thought it was less than 20 ounces. Let's try to look it up. We must ask the infinite Google. Can you ask Miss Google what's up? Yeah. In America, how much is a pint? One liquid pint is 16 ounces. Oh, so like close to a schooner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, those are some of the sizes of beer. Now, if you want to get beer, and let's say you are a person from America, because the number one selling beer in America is Bud Light, and you went into a pub and you said, I don't drink Bud Light, that's not me, but that is what America drinks. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. But <clears throat> if I was going to drink a light, I'm a Miller Light bitch. Like that's hey. You know what's up. So if we walked into a pub in Australia and we're like, ooh, what uh, what kind of light beer do you have? They are not going to name off the light beers that we know because a light beer in America is different than what a light beer in Australia is. So in a light beer in America, obviously, it means that it's lower calories. It's going to be a lighter taste, not too hoppy. Very good. Just drink it during the summer. Super Session cold beer. Light beer. Okay. Yes. But if you went in Australia and asked for a light beer, it is not necessarily going to taste light or have less calories, but it's going to have less alcohol. So it's going to have 2 to 3% alcohol in light beer. Now, the reason why they do this is because wow. these are for this hurts. your beer. This is hurts my heart. Is it for the babies? No, they do it is because they have a huge lockdown crackdown on drunk driving. So if you wanted to drive and drink in Australia, you need to be below 0. 0.05. We are in the app app, so I, I get it. So, and Utah here in the has states, a 0.05 limit. I've seen way too many. Lot of, yeah, a lot of. Yeah. So this way, if you get a light beer, you can have a couple of these and socially drink and still be able to drive home. A light beer is light alcohol. Light alcohol, not light flavor or calorie. Okay. It's so that if you wanted to drink socially and still be able to get home safely, you can have a couple of these beers. How revolutionary. Yeah. If you wanted to drink all night and then you're like, oh shit, I still want to drink, but I need to like sober up. You could order a couple of these. I mean, um, you ever start drinking too early in the day and you're like, oh, yeah. this isn't going to end well. <laughs> Yep. Problem These solved. things might be good. Another thing that I learned about Australia is that you might roll over to places that say uh, such and such inn or such and such hotel. The reason why this is, is because back in the day, you could not let someone leave your bar like drunk. So each bar had to have its own place for some of their customers to sleep. Huh. And so they would call themselves inns and hotels. Because and you since were that responsible changed, for your patrons being uh, served, yeah. essentially. Smart. Yeah. Wow. So if you go now to some of these places, you'll think that you're like, this doesn't look like a hotel. It's because it's not anymore. It's just a bar. But it used to be. Cool. Like in San Francisco, Hotel Utah, which is not a hotel anymore, but the bar is still Hotel Utah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and everyone used to have to, there used to be places to sleep upstairs. I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I still did that. Right. I know me too, but I feel like they would turn into sex room. No, but like, think about how much money, like what if you were just chilling at a bar one night and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go home. Let's get a hotel room and get crazy. Like, why not? Also, I love they understood like old time back in the day. Like I'm too drunk to drive my horse home. Yeah. So we better make it an inn. And now they're like, just drive your cards. Not in Australia, though. They take that shit serious. They take that shit serious. They drive super slow over there as well. Like, they drive, like, what we would think would be, like, 30 miles per hour. It's, like, they're normal. And, like, them going fast is, like, 75 (gasps) miles per hour. Wow. Yeah. So I don't see myself living in Australia I see myself trying to pack a whole separate suitcase for our booze. <laughs> yeah. Will they let it in? They will, because we're going to... We'll just buy a bunch of little mini ones. I love right this. Airport. Airport's duty-free, yeah. right? Yep. 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 yep, exactly. And my very last fun fact about Australia is White Claw is not a thing out there. There. They do not really drink them as hardcore as we do here in the States. Um, I believe England, that. Australia, they are not, they haven't jumped on the the, uh, the hard spritzers like we have. So, so if you go out to All right. Australia and you're a white claw, white girl bitch. Ain't gonna happen. You're gonna have to search. Shut yeah. She'll just have to drink the local stuff. All right. Oh. If UK, yeah. no. If Drag Race down under taught me anything it was about a shoey Ooh, what's a shoey what's a shoey which is when you pour your beer into a shoe and then drink the beer out of the shoe that's oh. apparently also a popular thing in australia yeah no <laughs> no no i hate feet that's gross as right and i'm ruining my beer that's, i think the whole point but i hate it well, isn't it? Don't they in Germany they have Das Boot where they have like glasses of boot? Glass shaped. Yeah. Shoe. No, I'm well, talking, those are glass shaped. I'm talking like a Just football, tri- a soccer shoe. Like yeah. A yucky uh, off came off my foot. Yeah. Shoe. Yeah, no, yeah. I will dust boot all day, every day. Like, that's fine. But I ain't doing it out of a real boot. That's never, mm-hmm. never happening. No, Not thank you. You just ruined my life, Jamie. Thanks. <laughs> that's what they're here for. <laughs> well, that's a little bit of her story mm-hmm. on uh, drinking in Australia, mate. Crikey. <laughs> I'm so sorry, our Australian listeners. Yeah. You guys definitely, I, I see you on our map. I know you're there. Uh, We're doing please dirty know that right we now. love you. <laughs> So much, and I will take any American joke that you have because we're trash. Yep. So. Yep. Hot garbage. <laughs> Hot, steaming dumpster fire. So. It's beautiful. Are you guys ready? <gasps> ready for those? The motherfucking drinking game. Yes. yes sir. Sir. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's get drunk. So, everybody, grab your. Queen Priscilla. Priscilla, queen of the desert. I think I got the Priscilla right. Priscilla. Uh, cocktail. And get ready to simp with me. So, you're going to take one simp when someone says, sings, or plays ABBA. Oh, my God. 
I've said it before and I'll say it again. No more fucking ABBA. Like I said it before. Oh. No, no damn ABBA. Like, Bernadette was not about it. I've been just not She wasn't having it. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm on her side because I'm not the biggest ABBA fan. So we had a boss, Lenny, that she wouldn't come to work all the time. She owned the place. But when she would show up, for some reason, she would bump ABBA all the time. And that's to the point where I was like, fuck this man. <laughs> I'm tired of y'all. That'll ruin ABBA for you. Yeah. Um, so if if you get some ABBA, even his little, his son is like, can you, well, I want to see you do ABBA. Will you show me ABBA? And he's like, yeah, yes, I will. I will show you ABBA. I will show okay, you ABBA. That's how iconic ABBA is. Yeah. I definitely understand that. And I, this movie made me realize that ABBA was part of the gay culture. Something that, you know, people want to save the poops of. What are you telling me? This is an ABBA turd? Is this an ABBA turd? Is this an ABBA turd? turd. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's real. I could not get over that. I couldn't. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, she's so disgusted. She's like looking at me like, are you fucking... And Jamie brings up the very valid point. They're like, how is it not getting all mucky in the water? I'm like, that's like castor oil or something. That thing is not... That turd is not suspended in water. (laughs) It's not water. That's... It can't be water. It can't be water. No. I don't know. He's rich, so he's going to put it in anything. I've spent too many hours of sleep thinking about this. <laughs> about an abaturd? About the abaturd what... in this movie. I wonder what the chick from ABBA thinks about this being in the movie. Yes. I know. Right? And has anybody tried to take an abaturd from you her? You know this is based on a true story. It had to be based like, on a true story. It has to be based on a true story. I absolutely did not find anything on it, but... I mean, the ABBA fandom at this time... Oh my god, it's it so different. real. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. So yeah, anytime they <laughs> say, sing, or, or plays ABBA, which is a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, you gonna take a simp when Adam calls Bernadette Ralph. It's Ralph. <laughs> Ooh. Ugh. That's fucked up. Can I say the it F is word on here? Up. Yeah, you can say the F word on yeah. here. Dead naming people's shitty and I understand it's, it's so a different time. Yeah. And but that was a hard part of the movie for me. I I totally get it. But I feel like even at the end, Bernadette was like Bitch! Exactly. <laughs> that's as just, that's just gonna be you. Like fuck. <laughs> it's just gonna be you. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of. I think it sucks and it's sad, but I think it's funny the way that he says Ralph. Like he says it like he's throwing up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because he knows Ralph. that what he is saying yeah, is absolutely right. forbidden. They're yes, they're yes. aware of the weight of that yes. statement. Call her Bernie and just keep the keep on trucking, bitch. Like I don't <laughs> understand. Well, I love that. But, I love that scene when he's like, "Wow, Bernie, we never seen anybody like you around here." And you're a bloody marvel, Bernie. Bernadette, please. <laughs> What's that? My name isn't Bernie. She said her name isn't Bernie. It's Ralph. She says, "Don't call her Bernie," and like runs out of the bar. <laughs> Like, Her name's Ralph. <laughs> like, dang. Oh, That's why so it just bad. feels so good once they get back to the hotel and she beats the shit out of Oh, yeah. Sometimes uh-huh. it's the only way to get the message. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. 
a little shit. You're gonna take a seat. You little abishet. Uh-huh. <laughs> you little <laughs> You little abiturd. You little you. <laughs> You're gonna take a simp when someone lip syncs. So this happens quite often. Pretty, pretty often. Uh the very first scene of her singing, lip singing. Then when they find the Aborigines off in the desert and they start to, and I will survive. That's probably my favorite lip sync out of all of them because the Aborigines like totally get involved and they like have the, what is it called? Didgeridoo? The didgeridoo. Yeah, the didgeridoo. Probably. And they're like, oh, and they like make it so like, I want cool. that remake. I do too. It's not, I want that remake it's too. It's not on the soundtrack <laughs> and it makes me I know. so mad. No! One of my first notes about this movie is the soundtrack and the fact that it's missing the didgeridoo part is where is didgeridoo? I'm sure that's and bullshit. Hey, bullshit. Well, you know they treat Aborigines the way they treat black people here in America or Indians, basically. So that does kind of suck. Yeah. So the Australian history you know, is Australian history as an American is quite I similar. It's quite similar to ours, right. uh, as in you know. Wonder where we learned colonizers. It from. <laughs> <laughs> we got some colonizers who come in and wipe out a whole race of people. I wonder where like colonization that. started. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, so anytime someone lip sings, this is also um, Adam lip singing on the on the bus. Oh, he goes out in quite a few. There's a lot of lip singing. I love it. But yeah, so anytime they're lip singing. When they finally get to the Queen's Resort. The resort. And that whole. they do the whole, the whole Sydney dress. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The Sydney Opera House dresses. Love it. So yeah, any lip singing. You're going to take a simp when Adam gets hit. Which we all like to see. So, you know. The only time I don't like it is when he's being chased by those ruffians i don't i don't and they tell me like grab his legs okay fellas let's not forget how to treat a lady you fucking freak (laughs) hold him down i'm like oh my god what they gonna do i was like freaking out thank god but i do laugh where they're like talking and then like you just see her running by. It's not funny in the slightest, but it does make me laugh because they're just like the imagery. Ah, yeah, <laughs> and they have to get up and go go save her. So yeah, anytime that Adam gets hit, for good reasons or for bad reasons, better or worse. Yeah, yeah. You gonna take a simp when Tick talks about his wife or son? Oh, imagine. Mitzi the Magnificent and her blushing bride. Mowing those lawns must have been murder on your heels, though. All right, Felicia, that's enough. Let's put some money in that seething cesspool mouth of yours. If I win this game, you will never mention my wife ever in my presence again, okay? So I like where uh, him and Adam are doing, like, the card game, and he's like, if I win, you can never speak my wife's name in my presence again. Like, don't even do it. Nope. Name your price. So any of those. What did he say? What does he say? He says, and that'll teach you for going up against the Fairmont Boys School Snap Champion. Classic. Got (laughs) him. 
Got a one lap of the Broken Hill main drag in drag. Yes. Which I don't know if I would have did that, but you know, they were brave. Adam just likes to make people uncomfortable. It's what he likes to do. Yes. Adam reminds me a lot of some rich gay people, not even gay, just rich young people that I know who treat everybody the way that he treats people. But you like gotta love them sometimes because sometimes you need a friend with cash. (laughs) Yes. And you need someone to just make you do something that you usually wouldn't necessarily do, like walk drag down a street that, you know, drag queens don't walk down. He is fiercely loyal too. I feel like that's yeah. Lenny. I am fiercely loyal. Fiercely loyal. I will dress drag down the street. Like push my comfort zone a little. Classic. Hey, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. So every day I'm walking down the street. Down if only I look like some of these drag queens. Only I can get some of their wigs. Uh, I know. Oh gosh. Of this movie. Uh, I do like the wigs in this movie. So you gonna take a simp when someone rides a top of Priscilla. Oh, I would pay money. I would pay good money. So, Me too. So Felicia up there on all her silver, just opera singing it up. And when we have Mitzi up there with like the smoke and the wigs and the colors. Oh, that imagery is so beautiful. So good. And that is, those, those scenes are the ones that, you know, I remember the most of this movie because I watched it young. And as an adult, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I'm going to be drunk. <laughs> yeah. I was obsessed. Obsessed. So, yeah. Any of those top Priscilla, you're going to take a simp. You're going to take a simp when frock is said. Which is said quite often. Take that bloody frock off, Felicia. Don't make it any worse than it is. You think I'm going to let you walk away with all the attention? Now, frock, I would think it would just be any type of garment drag you know just fabulous frock is right? A dress, right yeah frock is a dress but they call everything a frock yeah put on your frock yeah who are you frocking with <laughs> like you said a cock with a, a frock on a rock it's an underutilized word in it really language. is it is i feel like we need to keep it going here in the states let's bring frock back frock rocket <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. You gonna take a simp when a shot of endless desert is seen? Oh, I love so that. Is... <laughs> when Adam gets out of the, he stops. And he's like, "Oh shit." Perhaps we should have flown. Climbs out of the bus. He's like, "Maybe we should have flown." <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there is no way that three drag queens can fly. Halfway across the country because it would cost so much to fly. Plus, it would cost so much to ship or bring all of their costumes, their wigs. They brought that big ass okay. shoe. Like, that's a set piece. We know those wigs didn't fit on my bus. No. I didn't see a single wig on my bus. That's because they were in the wig box, oh, bitch. You weren't looking. That's right. <laughs> The under storage of wiggage. There were so many little nooks and crannies on this bus. Like, it could be anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. There were some crannies and nooks in that there bus. Was... Yeah, I love when they had Adam sleeping underneath the bench like a fucking vampire. I was like, oh, that's funny. It was a tanning bed, girl. Oh, Did you notice that? 
Is that a tanning? It was a tanning bed? Yeah, he has the tanning goggles on. and when Oh, I thought he was just sleeping it, down there. And then when you open it up, there's all the, like, the lights are on the door. Yeah, it's, it's a it's fucking a tanning, tanning bed. bed. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they need a tanning bed? They're in the fucking desert. Just go outside. That's how you get an even tan is if you go in a tanning bed naked. He was not naked, but that's, that's how I would have done it. I mean, I wouldn't do anything. I don't need no tanning, bitch. <laughs> So you're going to take a simp when all three of our ladies are in drag. All at the same time. At the same time. So when they do their show or when they do the thing at the bar, like, oh, whatever it is. You can't do that with a ping pong ball. That's just not. You do whatever you want. Anytime they're all in drag, you gonna take a simp where they're stomping it around to go to that bar. Powerful trio. Where they ask him to leave. They're like, what do you, you can't, we're not seven, you here. You need to get out of here. We don't want your kind. I don't know. Is it Australian? I'm trying. Yeah, it's like I feel like I'm trying. close. I'm not even gonna I feel like I'm close. To... Don't do it. Don't attempt it's just going, we're never going to sound right. I'm sorry. It's only going to be <laughs> bad for us. So yeah, any of those, you go take a sip. I love that though, when he says that to her and he says, why don't you light your tampon and blow your box apart? Why don't you just light your tampon and blow your box apart? Because it's the only bang you're ever going to get, sweetheart. I know, and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> bird, you fat bitch. <laughs> Old Charles, bitch. I, love that. I know. I love the fierceness of the reading, yeah. and it's because it's yeah. warranted. Yeah, how you, it is. They're getting shit. They're getting beer bottles thrown at them. Shit like that. I know. You that. better come. That's the history. Exactly. That's and yeah. It's just some of those. Some of those reads were so classic. The two face one. Oh, so good. The one I about mean, the mic like, having a long cord. Oh, yeah. Shove up your ass to retrieve it. They're just chef kiss. Love it. I mean, when you're old ass queen, like, a Bernadette, you're just like, I've been saying these forever, bitch. Bring it. Bring it. But we now know that them doing shot for shot, they're doing baby shots. So See, not that's exactly what I was thinking of the whole time. I was like, <laughs> that's why... They were doing so many shots. Yeah. That's why there were so many shots, because they were little baby shots, like the little ones you buy at the like <laughs> airport. You're like, oh shit, I forgot to get my friend a, a sh- something. And you buy like a little shot glass from the airport. That's, that's, that's what she was sipping on, not like real <laughs> It was half water. <laughs> and you're going to take a simp when this one's a personal one. You're gonna take a simp. When you have no idea what they're saying. Because there's parts of this movie that I sit there and I'm like, what the fuck? What does that mean? Because we're American. There's last Obviously, night. Yeah. Obviously, if you're an Aussie. Boys, and even the subtitles couldn't pick it up sometimes. <laughs> so if you're an Aussie, I bet that you will never have to use this one as a rule. Or if you're like married to one or whatever, then you probably won't have to use this. But the rest of us fuckers, there's going to be moments where you're like, what the fuck did they just say? Let me drink this. What's that? Colloquialism? <laughs> Take a sip. So, you're going to 
finish your drink. I finished it. I've been like semi adding to mine. <laughs> mine is done. <laughs> so since yours is done, you're not gonna finish your drink, but everybody else finish your drink when they lock Adam out of the bus. Ugh, so mean. Uh, knock knock, room service. Can't you read the sign? Do not disturb. Please come back in the morning. Oh, ha ha, girls, open the door. Good night, Bernice. Good night, Mitzi. Open the fucking door. Shoot. And what's the, what's the song that he's that he's singing? And he's like, fine, I'll sing all night long. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I get my loving in the evening time when I'm with my baby. I don't care if the sun don't shine. There you go. I'm loving in the evening Thanks, time. Well, my baby. I don't know. I don't, I've never heard this song. So <laughs> I love it though. He's like whistling it the next day. I think that's pretty fucked up that y'all locked her out I in know. the desert. She could have been eaten by a dingo or kicked by a kangaroo. Right? Like, Australia doesn't fuck around. No. You could die. Spiders There's the a lot of things to die plates. from. Like, yeah. That's not. Just a win decision. That's he could be dead. Yeah, yeah. And then the next morning, you make him fucking drive. Like, what the fuck? He doesn't <laughs> even complain. Part. It's his own fault. You're like, oh, you shouldn't have stayed out all night. She was making y'all food. That's the fucked up part. She was making y'all food. Like she's knocking on the door, like room service, and you're like, room service. Go to <laughs> yeah, bed. Yeah. Goodbye. You want some toast with some veggie, Mike? Some Vegemite, yep. Some jam or some Vegemite. So, yeah. (laughs) I think that's fucked up, but go ahead and uh, finish your drink. You gonna finish your drink when Cynthia does her famous ping pong ball trick. She looks at him and is like... My reaction is straight up like Adams. Like I think I would just die laughing. I would be giggling so hard. I, I would think that was the. But I'd also shit. get on the other side to watch. Oh my god! You just read my mind. I was like, I would have been on the other side because I need to know how this is done. Right? Is this something I could try, <laughs> or is this no? I want to know that trick. She had distance, like it was going to the backside of the room. Look at that move. And I think that's a. Uh, Bob was a little fucked up. He locked up all her ping pong balls, and right. he wouldn't let her come to the bar. I mean, it's hard to finish that entire narrative. Is, yikes. I have a very hard time with him as a character. I, I don't know if I like him. I, I don't know. We'll enough. talk about it. We'll talk about it. Because I don't know how I feel about him either. But I also don't know how I feel about the way they portray Cynthia. So we'll, we'll talk. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that's a real talk right there. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to give her her shout out because that ping pong ball shit is the, <laughs> the best thing ever. Coolest <laughs> It is a really good talent to have. It's a great talent. I mean, we all we all know that Zach and Mary make a porno. Her name bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. I feel like that's absolutely a nod to absolutely Cynthia. I do love because she didn't. She would like was like chewing gum and was like <laughs> so good. I have no clue how to do any of that, but. Preload. You have to like some pump the super soaker first to get the pressure to go up. I don't know. I thought she just like queefed and it just like that is a kegel muscle. Pop it out. Mm. But it went. But it went so far. 
Gotta have aim. I, I mean, have- I have aim. I get it. I mean, I have aim too, but not from my backside. <laughs> what if I put it up there and it won't come out? That's the other thing I'm scared of. I mean, I put my cup up there. I put my diva cup up there sometimes. That's a string yeah. or a pull thing on it. No. You got to hook your finger you in You got to hook it up and squeeze it and pull it out. Don't worry about it. But I could do that with the <laughs> ping pong ball. It would never go past. And I know there's like a cervix point, but. You know, people at the emergency room say way they see way worse shit than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You ever seen the show? Uh, Sex sent me to the emergency room. All the stupid shit that people be doing, and they get caught up. All right, so you're gonna finish your drink when they climb King's Mountain and drag oh, the pinnacle of the their pinnacle. entire journey. I mean, their beautifulness, and as soon as they get there, they're all like, "Well, we did it." It never ends, does it? All that space. So what now? I think I want to go home. Me too. I want to go home. It was Adam's <laughs> you wanna go home? Yeah, let's finish our shit. Okay, it but was his dream. climbing that giant rock structure in heels? I know. They ain't fooling me. I mean, that's true. They were in heels, huh? Right? <laughs> Right. You just go up it. You go up in tennis shoes, and then when you get to the so you top, can you stomp on the snakes. So I could run from the kangaroos. Like shit kills you out there, bitch. I gotta be able to move quick. Dingoes and kangaroos. Anything that moves out there is deadly. Snakes. They have a lot of scary shit, Ugh. and their alcohol prices is one of them. Yeah. I Tell am me terrified. again why I want to go to Australia. <laughs> I know. I want to go to New Zealand. Beautiful beaches. I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to New Zealand too. So, but we got to figure out their drinking laws before we decide. So, um, do you guys have anything else you'd like to add to the motherfucking drinking game? Nope. That is a nice drinking game. I'm officially drunk, and I have to refill my drink. All right. Well, then that is the completely perfect drinking game uh, yes okay so are you guys ready i'm ready i'm ready for the motherfucking stats 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 you gotta stat me up stats 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 on stats stats on stats on stats 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 all right well, here are the stats for the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, this movie dropped August 10th, 1994, baby. 1994. And for not having that much money, they had about $2 million I'm rich. to do this movie. And if you translate that into 2021 money, that'd be about $3 million to make this movie, which I could totally see because a lot of it is just out in the motherfucking desert. So you don't got to pay nothing. And some of it is in, you know, small towns. The majority is on this bus. So that sounds about right to me. I mean, those helicopter flyers, the flyovers had to cost money. Yeah. Right. There were a lot of those big things and drones. Weren't a thing yet. Weren't a thing. They were not a thing. They were not invented, I'm sure. Um, so those aerial shots are real. That was their probably yeah. entire budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it made $11 million, 
which if you translate that into 2021 money, that'd be about $19 million that it made, which is really good considering the time, you know, the the mid nineties was not necessarily, you know, queer time for, you know, people to make money. I mean, wasn't a popular actors, topic to fund. Yeah. Straight actors didn't want to take roles because they would see it as a career killer as playing a gay or trans person, which uh, we found is not true. So Surprise. <laughs> you can win an Oscar and some shit, you know, like that's, that's where we are today. But in 1994, not so much. But I think that people did enjoy it. So Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 96%. Wow. I think that they loved it. I think that when it was on its film festival circuit, people really liked it. Mm-hmm. I think that it opened the eyes up of a lot of people, especially in Australia, to this whole culture they had no clue about. But yeah, I think that... 96 is a great (laughs) number for critics. I think they got it and they appreciated it. Now, the audience. 88%. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's pretty good for the audience. That sounds about... Yeah, I think that's pretty good for an audience perspective. Especially, we're considering modern day critics as well. It's not just the... Back in the 1994 critics, it's nowadays, and we all have to be honest, this movie didn't completely hold up, politically correct-wise. Yes. (laughs) Agree. Agree. But my ZZ Fresh is 96%. I definitely think that it is, as good as the critics said... You're right. Some things didn't hold up. Mainly for me would be Cynthia. Just the way they portrayed an Asian woman just didn't really sit right with me. Well, we're talking almost 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Queer culture has expanded so much in the last five or ten years, let alone three decades, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I expect that. True. Yeah, exactly. So I gave it a 96, though. My Lenny Zest on it would definitely be an 89, 90%. I loved the story. I love the characters that were built. I, again, have to agree with the sentiments that I don't think they did right by the Filipino culture. And to have a Filipino woman represented that way is just really icky nowadays. Especially because she's such an empowering character to own she up. She really is because she's she has one of my favorite lies, and she's like, "If you want to be a, if you want to have a good wife, you know, good man. Absolutely. You want good wife, you be good husband. Be a good husband." Mm-hmm. And she just fucking dips out. You're like, "Yeah, yep. bitch. Yep. Yeah. She coming out here bringing lemonade and cookies to people. She seemed like she was she was trying. She really was trying. And I also want to think that they weren't specifically just making that one character to truly represent an entire culture. Right. So I'm not going to give them that much credit. But you know how interpretations can be taken. and It is a movie for like white gays. Yeah. The, the representation, the depiction of Aboriginal cultures is very problematic. There's yeah. like hardly any women in the film. Yeah. <laughs> There's this problematic Filipino character. There's the wife, I guess. The wife. 
I like the wife, though. That's so like it. a lesbian, though, so... Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the characters is a trans woman. But I'm like, right. does it pass the Bechdel, the Bechdel test? Not everything has to pass the Bechdel test. When do you think about it? <laughs> like I always like to say, when you watch a movie, you got to take it in the time period that it was made, man. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to realize that the, the artist was thinking a certain way because that's the way culture was thinking. And even though 1994 is... Not that long ago to some people, but some people's I mean, I entire born. lives. Like, yeah. That's in my <laughs> life. Entire life. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to remember that. Well, but I still- there's a lot of parallels between Tuang Fu also. And mm-hmm. I would say this yeah. is a way better representation and portrayal. Mm-hmm. It's in the same vein, but I would always side with this one. Absolutely. I think Ooh. when we were watching it, because it was my first time and I grew up watching Chi Wong Fu. So this was a really a beautiful, refreshing film to watch because it is very parallel. The storylines are somewhat close, but I appreciate how much more real and more attentive the actors were yes. when it came to the representation of drag queens and a trans woman. And I appreciated that, that the sensitivity they took a little bit on that. I personally love Tu Wong Fu more because as being a person of color, to be able to see myself, oh my God. And to see yes. know, a Latino and not just, you know, white people, it makes me like it more. Like the sass the sassiness that a black queen and a Latino queen gives is way different than, you know, what a white queen and all absolutely uh, an Aussie queen yeah. would give and and I, I I feel that one now I love this one more because we get to see way more lip singing we get to see we get to see more performance which is something we did not get to see in Tu Wong Fu there's oh, way more very briefly and there's way more avant-garde art as well like yeah. I feel like every single yeah. scene has so much more rich beautiful visual in the art in the costumery in the wigotry mm-hmm. in the performances the images on top of the bus yes. <laughs> these are queens from two different parts of the world those are new york queens mm-hmm. and these absolutely are queens. and the global connect was not the same it's pre-internet yeah but a lot of people think that Tu wong fu copied this movie which is not true by the time this movie came to theaters, Tu Wong Fu was already in the swing of production. Yes. So they did not necessarily follow anything from here, but there is a lot of parallels. You know, instead of a big bus, you get a big ass Cadillac. You know, there's still three of them. Mm-hmm. There's the old white queen who, you know, can't deal with the young fiery queen. Like a lot of the things are similar. Mm-hmm. But bitch, if I don't, what if I can't see my. Wesley Snipes and my fucking so uh, Johnny Johnny Legmos. John Legmos. Yup. <laughs> if I can't see my Patrick Swayze, then I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. So I do love it. I do. I mean, I, don't fine. get me wrong. I again, I love both of these. I love Patrick Swayze in that I movie. I love Swayze, but I God. do think Hugo Weaving's character is more genuinely compelling than mm-hmm. Patrick was able to provide. Well, you made a really strong valid point that in Chi Wong Fu, they're almost like caricatures of actual people. Whereas 
they're so real. It's more authentic. Yeah. Because in all honesty, drag queens aren't in drag 24-7. That's not... And I know that we're always supposed supposed to suspend belief when we're watching a film. But that always irked me. Not irked me. That always just bothered me a little bit because... They never stepped out of that. They were never the gay men that they're supposed to be. They didn't step out of their shoe enough in Tuang Fu, you feel like? Yeah. That's true. They never, and we got to see that vulnerability. I One of my favorite is the when Adam is... of Bernadette. Oh, Bernadette. Yeah, she was a sweetie. I'm just saying, I, I get what you're saying, because that's like when I see black people, black women go to sleep in movies without wrapping their head. That ain't motherfucking real. Okay? Right. Unless they're an all-natural bitch where it doesn't fucking matter. But if you wanted that hair laid, you better wrap it and put that bonnet on. And they don't do it in movies and TV shows. And that always bugs me. Yep. I'm always like, yeah, they go to bed with full makeup on and their black ass hair is not wrapped. Get out of here. Yeah. I get you. You don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> no, nothing about nothing. Better put that scarf on. So yeah. But I love that part where... Adam has like the boobs painted on from painting. Oh yeah. And that's for painting like, the bus. And that's just like him in his true form. It is. That's it who is. he is. It feels very genuine. It's very genuine. Not to knock on Tuang Fu at all because no. of the I still love me some Tu Wong Fu. I would die on that Tu Wong Fu hill. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I got to introduce this movie to you, Lenny. I know. I really I really love this. And it was so, okay. well, I'll talk about that later. Okay, so what's next? Uh, let's touch base about Stephen Elliott. So let's talk about our... Director. Director. And writer <laughs> of this writer. beautiful film. How do you know I'm with a director like that? How dare you? <laughs> How do you know I was going to do it like that? You do it every time. I love Stephen Elliott. I didn't realize that I had watched things of his, which I felt really bad going into this. When I first watched this movie, I didn't realize he had done things like Eye of the Beholder with Ashley Judd in 1999 and Easy Virtue. He did a short during the Rio I Love You in that series, which I really love. He wrote the script. He's actually really good friends with Hugo Weavey. So that was like a born in already going to happen he was going to star in this film he almost didn't cast guy pierce because he thought he was too pretty which i didn't he is pretty. could not believe interesting <laughs> he's pretty he is he's gorgeous he's very gorgeous but i think you'd want the actor playing adam to the be gorgeous gorgeous yeah because he's the young beautiful babe it's supposed to be one of my favorite things reading and learning about this movie and Stephen Elliott is he is a gay man. Mm-hmm. And when he was prepping all of his main actors to be in this film, he wanted to take them all out and show them this scene because these three men are not gay. So they didn't really know this scene as well as they needed to. So they took them out. And it's so funny because they described the scene, how it went down. They all dress up and drag. They actually have pictures of the first night they all go out and they look adorable. And when, they look like newbie drag queens. They totally they do. They definitely do. They totally <laughs> do. 
So how it went down apparently though, is that when they get there, they're not recognized. They, no one can recognize them. Oh my God. <laughs> so Hugo Weaving just gets super drunk and ends up underneath a table at the club just bopping his head back and forth to music. Love it. Right. And he gets mascara running down his face, which actually became a huge inspiration for the character and like what they wanted <laughs> for his, his representation. And then Guy Pierce decided to take this opportunity to just fully read people all night long. It was oh, totally vicious. Apparently that's how you become a good queen. Yep. The good Embrace it. Comeback. Exactly. Yeah. And then apparently Terrence Stamp didn't even remember that he was in drag and started hitting on a bunch of women at the bar. And they're like, aren't you a queen? Get out of here. And they reminded <laughs> him. And at that moment, he's like, you're right. And then just decided to switch it up and just start flirting with everybody. All right. Uh, See, that sounds like a gay man right there. I love that empowerment, <laughs> the gender bending and drag and things like that can give you and that a different identity and letting you explore things that have been so culturally like forbidden or pushed Press, down. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And as the director really wanted to provide that for them, to give them that safe space to, to grow into their characters and to experience and to meet everybody uh, that they would get inspiration. And speaking of inspiration, Steven wrote this, entire film because he one night after partying was sitting down on on the street and he saw a feather from a from a drag queen's outfit blowing in the wind along sydney oxford street and that colorful little tumbleweed in the desert literally sparked this entire story out of him you're right, because they do do a scene of that where there's like a boa stuck in, like it's tumbling and then it gets stuck it gets in like stuck. a bunch of That's awesome. brush. And that is That's a scene, awesome. a little homage to how he created this story. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I find him very, I, I can't wait to see more of what he does. He hasn't done anything since Swinging Safari, which I've actually seen. Oh, no. I've never <laughs> seen any of these movies. I, you're so funny. I didn't realize that was him. I really did. Was it good? It's actually really cute. I mean, it's really cute. Okay. It's really funny. It's like, it's just a cute comedy. Okay. I didn't, I haven't seen everything. I didn't know that he did a movie with a living in John. Yeah. Interesting. Well, she's an Aussie. That makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah, tracks. Yeah. It's a movie called A Few Best Men. I need a few best that men. That one I haven't seen, but I love that he's done the movie with Olivia Newton-John, and apparently they're really good friends. So I think that's really sweet. Love it. (laughs) But I hope to see more because I do like his style. I do like his commitment to the story. And I I do look forward to other things that he... I do want to see the movie Frauds, which apparently has Phil Collins in it. Also with (laughs) Hugo Weaving. yeah, I heard about this. All right. I don't know. There is a part of this movie that is like Elliot's life. Uh, came straight from his real life. He, when he was young, him and his boyfriend at the time left Sydney and they went some outside of the big city to go have lunch or dinner or something. And when they were there, some drunk lady comes up and starts yelling at them and says that they don't belong here. 
and that, that they don't serve their kinds here. It's a good accent. And... <laughs> See, I'm getting there. You're getting, getting there. there. <laughs> and so they, and she yells at them, and they like eventually leaves. And he says that he felt so like defeated, so humiliated that he like didn't even stand up for himself, and that like just leaving Oxford Street, leaving Sydney, he felt like he couldn't fight back. That that tiny spot of the world was the only place that they could really, you know, be themselves. And so he put that in the draft of the script. And so that's what we have when the three of our ladies walk into the bar and they she reads her for filth, bitch. Yeah. Yes, she does. That's what it also seems like yeah. it also ties together when after Adam gets beaten and Bernadette is talking to him in the hotel room and she's saying to him, you know, we create this years. little place for us, but they separate us out the farther we go out. It's either keeping their them out or keeping, keeping us, us in. in. Like, exactly. Yep. He also said the very first, like, draft that he was sending out was... Straight up racist, sexist, chauvinist, like nobody wanted to touch this movie. And I still see some sort of sexist and racism in there again with uh, Cynthia. But damn, I don't know. It was worse than what we just saw. I know. I'm glad he edited it. <laughs> I'm glad you edited it because I want to be a part of this, this story. And it's hard if you make us not want to root for your heroes yeah and i was just gonna say that he got a lot of critique from a lot of other film critics saying that he didn't put enough of queer commitment of love and culture into that there's not one scene where a man is kissing a man there's it's not sexual in it's any way watered down it's right? very watered down it's very very the gayest thing about it is they do acknowledge the eggs cry the aids crisis yeah, with the bus. The AIDS crisis. Okay. Well, crisis. maybe it's <laughs> because... We can't get any eggs? eggs Where eggs, is this crisis? Eggs. All I want uh, I love <laughs> eggs. Um, I'm just going to give you like a little bit of history on Australia and their gay rights and stuff. Just a little brief little sure. something. So apparently Australia and Sydney... This, this past March in 2021, they celebrated their pride or what they call Mardi Gras. And I also looked and it said sometimes it's in October. So they don't have like a set month, it seems like. Like we do. We're like June, bitch. Yeah. Because that's when Stonewall went off. It's winter. Yeah. Right. Stonewall is um. not necessarily something for them, I guess. So um, it doesn't have to be in June. So... So, so Australia's first Pride Parade happened in 1978. This is after a lot of the uh, queer people on Oxford Street, which is like their Castro district of Sydney area, um, started seeing on the news that people in the Castro were out there marching and uh, having their Pride Parades. So they decided that they wanted to do the same thing in Sydney, and a couple hundred people showed up, and they started going through the streets and they were saying like out of bars and into the streets was like they're saying and they would come on out and and march for their freedom and so at the very end of this parade cops were waiting there with paddy wagons 
and they filled them up with as many people as they could. And uh, over 53 people were arrested that night for just being gay in the streets, you know? Oh, my God. So, yeah. So when this movie is going off as now in the 90s, gay rights were still not the same as, as they are now. So there was parts of Australia where it was still illegal to be gay Oh, in the process of this movie going on. I mean, knowing a little bit of the history. I mean, never mind. Sorry, I don't want to skip ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I don't believe that they allowed same-sex marriage until 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean we can't really say anything because, you know, America, we were not the forefront of letting everybody get married. But no. we did make sure that it wasn't as illegal as it was there. The same way, you know, you can lose your job, lose your home, you lose your family. The same way you could go to jail uh, just like here in the states, but they just yeah. My understanding is like through. culturally and systemically, Australia's always been a little bit behind yeah. in getting okay with gay people existing. <laughs> yeah, so in around the sixties is when they kind of opened up to the idea of like female impressionators as they would call them Mm -hmm. and they would be there was this group called la girls which was les girls of of all of the beautiful les girls out there like girls oh yeah i've seen them way back in sydney when i was a young bloke fantastic just terrific bob you are looking at probably the most famous lay girl ever produced that's what Bob says when he was like, oh, what kind of show do you do? Oh, I saw them when I was young. That shit was like, you know, I'll never forget that. Because, you know, it made a impression. big impression on a lot of people. So that's just a little bit of their history. I don't know everything. Uh, Australian people, please don't hate me for trying to learn about your culture. No, they would never. I think uh, people in Australia are really sweet. Well. I shouldn't say that. Never mind. I take it back. I, I have to use the I bathroom. I'm so sorry. This is one of my fun facts. And you know how I really care about this type of thing because I've talked about it previously in the past. I really love it when theaters, the cinemas really get involved with the release of the film and they want to add a little extra something or other. So apparently this is really cool. And I wish I would have been old enough to go to the theaters when this happened. But apparently when they were doing the finally dance number in the film, Theaters had installed disco balls in their theaters so that when finally was playing, they turned on the light and it became a disco ballroom and everyone could be a part of the experience. Yep. Bet you know I would have lost my shit. I love that song just in general. I know. It sounds great 90s music, Uh, but like if I was in a movie theater and it came on, finally it it happened to me. With a disco ball on. And it just, it kills me because they did this, remember in Jurassic Park, the lightning and the flashing of the light, the strobe light going on and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I just really love it when cinemas will just put that extra mile to make the experience really important, especially to hear about it happening in the 90s. It's just really cool. So that's a little fun fact for you about the viewing, even though we all haven't been to a movie theater in so long. Zenobia, don't rub it in. We all know that you got a theater all to yourself, whatever. Yeah, I rented a theater. (laughs) But they're open now, so, you know, be safe. 
And if you miss it, go to the drive-in. Yes. yes. If you have one. If you have one. So are you ready? <gasps> I'm ready. My body is ready. What is this? To talk about the real star of this motherfucking movie. Who is she? So we going to talk about the Imperial. So it is. What's the Imperial? 35. The, the Imperial is the building that is the club that they perform in at the beginning. Oh. And the club that they perform in at the end. Okay. You see it when they're, they're on their bus spot. and they're leaving. Uh-huh. Yeah. When. When they're leaving the 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 neighborhood and all of the ladies are out oh, there, oh, they have the gorgeous send off, the best send off in the world. They get a nice little send off. That's Imperial. Okay. So it is a uh, thirty-five Erstenville in Australia. Oh yes, I Erstenville. Know. I know. I know Erstenville. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. I'm sorry, Aussies, but <laughs> damn bitch, you know I'm not good at this shit. Anyway, so it was. Built in 1881 by George Henry Wright. He bought the lot, and that's where he built the very first hotel on those grounds. And it was mainly for gardeners and brickmakers, blue-collar, hardworking class people kind of filled that neighborhood up and resided in the hotel. With some street violence showing up anytime that there's a neighborhood where it's not just all rich white people. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a little violence, they give us a little shit so it was not the the very best but it was a hard-working neighborhood at that time so by the 40s they remodeled it it's post world war ii decor and the neighborhood is filling up with greeks and you yugoslavic people are like mingling and, and, and migrating to that area and then by the 70s we got our gays and lesbians start moving up into there and start adding very beautiful rainbow to this neighborhood. So by 1983, Dalwyn O'Donnell, who was a professional ice skater, very promising, but hurt himself, so he was no longer eligible to do anything, started buying up a bunch of bars all over the world, pretty much, but then settled on on buying the Imperial Hotel. So she bought this building and started building it up with shows and she would bail out gay men whenever they would get locked up when they would come and do raids in the area. Very great for the community because it was still a crime to be gay in the Sydney area in 1984 when she started buying and growing this neighborhood. Um, She would help out the community on Oxford Street and then this movie came along, Queen of the Desert. And kind of changed the whole neighborhood again. Uh Instead, it changed it into cisgendered people coming into the neighborhood to kind of gawk and look at queer people, which is something queer people did not want because they came to this one place to not be gawked at. Yeah. But I think it also brought attention to just this whole culture of the world, of, of this world that, you know, a lot of Aussies had no no clue about you know until this movie came out mm-hmm. Absolutely. um yeah and so after this it also changed because they changed drinking laws some of the drinking laws changed this and you could get a 24-hour license to sell alcohol 24 hours a day never closed non-stop i mean for some places to have some rules that's a rule that more places should have absolutely <laughs> i'm down in the middle of nowhere it- Australia? Yeah. Yeah. 
You should be able to drink anytime, all the time. Yep. <laughs> so this also changed up the fabric of the neighborhood because I think that some bars got very popular because of this and some other bars did not become popular because they did not have this. I don't know. I'm not Australian. I've never been to Oxford uh, Street, which I want to now. So once that happened, it changed again. But now they're in this era of time they're remodeling or rebranding kind of this bar that has been a central part of the community in Sydney for many, many years. So now some of the things that they're trying to do is try to add a wedding chapel for same-sex couples within the bar. They also are trying to have a cocktail lounge. So they're getting like really kind of fancy with their shit. And I saw some of their food and their drinks Looks delish. Definitely want to try it. And they also have are working on a rooftop bar if they don't already have it by now. So many things to try out. Many things to see. If you guys have been to the Imperils, send me some pictures. Tell me about it. Because I did some research and it's on my bucket list. Definitely would like to see this place. Yeah. So that's the real star of the movie. Very cool. I love it, darling. Do you want a fun fact? I want a fun fact. Give it to me, Lenny. So, the prop master that was in charge of creating the beautiful bus that we know as Priscilla, Queen of the Damned. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Priscilla, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. (laughs) Queen of the Damned. He is also actually the same prop master that designed the trucks and cars for the movie Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. So he's still killing it down there, down under. Down under. Queens, down under. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really neat because I really love that lavender bus. I do love it too. She's like, why'd you paint it purple? She's like, it's lavender. It's not purple, it's lavender. Mm-hmm. It's I was like, I, ha- I ordered all this paint. Like, I'm glad you could use it on your fucking bus. Right, no. Don't really have much use for it out here. <laughs> Hey, where are you? Where are you blokes from, anyways? Uranus. Oh, Uranus. very nice. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe they didn't paint it sooner. So, I got a fun fact for you. Give that fun fact. Give it to me. Well, because the filming was all done on the road, and the bus was a very small set. Uh-huh. The crew is actually in this movie. You just can't see them. <laughs> They're all camouflaged inside of the bus, hiding in clothes racks. Oh my God. Like in boxes or like behind things. If you really look, maybe you could see. I couldn't point any out, but it totally makes sense. Like how was the boom op dude supposed to like hold up the fucking boom if he's, you know, yeah. going to be seen. So a lot of people are hidden. That is so funny. My first thought, the smell. Had to have been a lot of bodies I, on the bus. I mean, I just Last. prayed that there was air. I just prayed that there was air. That's going to be an abaturd smell in there. This is an abaturd? Yeah, well, the crew hung out in the clothes rack and some props. That's so funny. To make it happen. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Moving on to AKAs. So... Are you ready for some AKAs? So, AKAs, also known as, is the name of 
this movie around the world. Around Loosely the translated. World, around, around the world, world. Around the world. Well, here we go. So, most of the places call this either the adventure Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, or just Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Okay. Like the two standard names of this. But here's some fun ones that I found. So, if we went to Canada... And we lived in a part of Canada that spoke French. This would be called The Adventures of the Mad Priscilla of the Desert. (laughs) Mad. She's She's mad. mad. Yep. I don't know how I feel about that. They are kind of mad, though. Yeah. Like a little crazy. They're out there, like, playing games where they throw their purses at things. Or they're fucking flying a a blow-up kite. A blow-up sex doll ah! kite. A pink triangle sex doll mm-hmm. kite. I love it. Fun fact about that. After the end of the credits, mm-hmm. that beautiful girl ends up all the way in China. Yep. Freaking out some Chinese monks who were like, what the fuck is this? We, we saw that. We saw that. <laughs> it was funny. I love it. I'm glad they have that foresight to give us that ending. <laughs> <laughs> to give us that ending. Because I totally forgot about it until I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's where it went. I love that we got a tie-up of that empty, I mean, left-open storyline. But I never know what happens to the woman who's jogging across the country. What is that? Where did she go? Where did she come from? Where did she go? Literally, I was going to ask you guys. I want to know why we see her at, like, the beginning of the movie. And, like, still... Running through, how is she not dead? Yeah, where is she now? That thing? Where does she go? Where is she they don't going? Even show her complete the mission. What is the thing that she's pulling? That's like murk, 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 oh, it's, it's supposed like, to be digitally clocking wherever she's going and all that jazz. It's like a a, a, a beautiful night for a jog, eh? Like it's something like <laughs> that where she's just like running by. <laughs> You're like, so what rude. is going on? I also wish that they would have told me what that was about, but I love that it's in there. Period. Because yeah. it's so weird. It's so weird. So bizarre. <laughs> so if we went to Denmark, this movie would be called Desert Queen Priscilla. <laughs> Short and sweet. I still just like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Like, just keep it. Yeah. Just keep it. We don't need all this stuff. If you go to France, this movie would be called Priscilla, Crazy About the Desert. Crazy About You. That one, they're not so crazy about the desert. So, so they're crazy so. in the desert, like they go a little crazy. I'll give you that. It's a lot of desert. Yeah, but if we went to Taiwan, and this one is my favorite. Oh yeah, it would be called Desert Enchantress. Ooh. Yeah, I like that one. I'm like, hey, can I uh get one ticket to Desert Enchantress? I'm glad this film had that reach. Yes, yeah, I'm glad too. I also am ready for Lenny's Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> review on this movie with these wonderful titles. You know how I do. You know how I do. This you is know. how we do it. Yeah, because the adventures of the Mad Priscilla Desert, the Desert Queen Priscilla, Priscilla Crazy About the Desert, the Desert Enchantress. You just wrote it right there. <laughs> I love it. So that is the AKAs for the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. 
Queen of the Desert. Desert, desert Enchantress. Desert, my queen favorite. of the Desert. Desert, desert, desert. Yeah, there's a the play. Yeah, there's a musical. There's a musical just called I've never seen it. Priscilla, not the adventure of, just straight up Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Have either one of you guys seen it? No. I tried to listen to some of it. It was alright. No ABBA. There's no ABBA. There's no ABBA. There's Mama, no ABBA in the musical version. There's no because ABBA. Bitch, they couldn't get. They couldn't get the rights. That shit costs money. Abba was like, we already did Mamma Mia. I ain't giving him no more rights. Sorry. And you talked about my shit. I don't want you to sing my songs and talk about an Abba turd. Like, you can't do both. Pick your battles, man. I mean, it's a really great musical. It started off, obviously, in Sydney in 2006. Then moved to England, West End, then Broadway. Now it has 2006. Been- so, like, 20-year revival. Yeah. Well, a little more, but. A little more, but yeah, basically. And then they've been touring ever since 2013, up until right before the pandemic. Also, also Mamma Mia has a, yeah. a hold on those rights. Has a rights for, like, the majority of their songs. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see it one day. In the post-COVID world. So, let's talk about Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, Mr. Guy Pierce. What a guy. What a guy, what a guy, guy, what a very nice guy. What a guy, Guy Pierce. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) Adam or Felicia. Felicia. Bye. Is my favorite. Yeah. Felicia is so sassy and bitchy and mean. Mm -hmm. She will cut you down and call you Ralph in front of everybody. Like, it's just, I just That's not my favorite quality of Adam. (laughs) No, my favorite quality of Adam is the way he dresses. Yes. I love even like his straight, like his in drag, out of drag clothes are my favorite. I feel like I'm always drawn to people like this because they know better than to push me or treat me like that because I'll fucking fuck their ass up. (laughs) But I am always drawn to these type of people who are just like mean to everybody but nice to me. (laughs) I like it. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, you get to see the endearing qualities like when he comes to check on Tick after the bottle hits him in the back of the head. He's like, are you okay? You okay? Yeah. He went out there, you know, shut the shit down, telling him, like, go fuck yourself. He's like, which one of you bitches sat on my dress? (laughs) All right. Which one of you bitches sat on my dress? Which one of you bitches sat on my dress? Like, oh, God. I love that one quote. What does he say about his mother? Mummy, maybe a trip to the outback could help me get over this little phase I'm going through. And you never know, I might meet some lovely country girl. It would just get this little phase. Maybe I'll meet a nice country girl. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Mummy. So, Guy, he's actually born in England, and his parents are English and Scottish, and his dad is actually from New Zealand. Like, so, like, he all over the place of, like, where he from. But at the age of three, the family moved to Australia because his dad got a job there being a test pilot for the Australian government. And five years later, when he was eight, his... Dad, he was killed in an aircraft test flight. 
So he has lived without his dad for a a long time. His mom was a school teacher. She had to raise his older sister and him. What's up? So crazy because Guy Pierce came out with his album in 2017. And he named the album Nomad, which his father was killed in a plane called Nomad. Exactly. And it's like a huge song about him. Yeah. I listened to it actually earlier today. It's really good. Well, I did not listen to any of Guy's songs, but he is a song, a singer and songwriter. Uh, he started way back in the 80s playing keyboard for a band. In 2014, he dropped an album called Broken Bones. And then in 2018, he did the No Man one. And uh, no yeah, mad. so you can't. So No Man no or mad. No Mad? No Mad, sorry. No, no, it's okay. No Mad. Um, so if you want to hear those, go look them up because he is also, you know, an artist in that sense. He was the dance captain for the three ladies on this movie. I can definitely see that because he is the better dancer out of the <laughs> I can see why they would make him the dance captain because he, he'd be getting it a lot better than the other two. It's, it's hard to... <laughs> Watch compared to today's YouTube and yeah, Drag Race has such a platform mm-hmm. that the standards are so different. Yes, I sir. also agree, and I had to keep telling myself, like, bitch, you got to remember this is not RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah. These girls have not; they don't have the same advantages as the drag queens do today. Where you're right, they can go on YouTube and they can learn how to beat their face perfect, so that they look like every other bitch instead of them looking like a men in drag. Which, sorry, these men look like men in drag, mm-hmm. but they do a good job of it. But they completely it's not different. Like we completely different. Yeah, yeah, their dancing skills is not. They're not doing deaf drops. I mean, they did do a wig reveal, which I was like, okay, hey, girls, I see you. You guys pulled the little pigtails, and it was short little wigs. The little rip them off. Yep. Loved that. (laughs) So, yeah, they're not as far along as what we... I just been watching... I watched Legendary today, so they are nowhere near the ballroom scene of that shit. Stark contrast. Yeah. (laughs) So I took it as what it was, but Guy definitely was the dance captain because he was the better <laughs> one. And he was so good that the village people asked Guy to come on tour with them in drag. Like, not just like, hey, come in and introduce. No, like, open us for, up for us in drag. The village people who are, like, on this soundtrack, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> Called him, and he's like, look... I'm not a drag queen. Like, this is not my... I'm straight. I'm going to go do LA I Confidential do... now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to go do one of the awesomest ass movies. <laughs> LA Confidential, bitch. Sorry. Yeah, so I'm glad he did not go, you know, Stay with the YMCA. Because I bet if he did, looking back at it now, it would be like, a real drag queen could have did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> what real talent. Keep your talents for acting, my friend. Um, so he is a Fager. Uh, his partner is... The Red Lady from Game of Thrones. <sighs> Game of Thrones. That's his his baby mama. They seem to be great co-parenting. I think they're, they're still together, but, you know, they're not married. And 
they uh, have a little kid that gets to go and hang out on Game of Thrones sets or go wherever his dad's filming. So he he uh, is my favorite actor that came out of this movie that like I like following his momento. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> he, that movie literally, I was watching an interview and he was talking about how like he gets told that L.A. Controversial was like the last movie of its kind and that Momento is like the first movie of its kind. Mm-hmm. And that film students just obsess about that movie, which is so true. Accurate. Very, very accurate. <laughs> I don't know how many times I watched it when I was in school and how many conversations I've had about like building a story backwards or giving like just everything about that movie, which I definitely think that we should put on here because that is one of the most trippy ass movies. Yeah, uh, thinkers that I've ever seen. So put it on the list. Put it on the list. Screw Lenny's our list keeper. I also love him in Hurt the Hurt Locker. Oh, I know. Hurt Locker is good. We talked about the Hurt Locker a couple weeks ago. Just him being in that movie is just I don't want to ruin it for anybody. He's just he was a draw for me. Mm-hmm. So it, it it the ending is just very weird so i just love him i think he's great he could play a good villain like in iron man 3 mm-hmm. yeah he just has a great talent and i love him he's absolutely fantastic i'm sure we're gonna talk about him again so yeah he's still out there working uh was he in like the king speech right yep he's king edward yeah so you see him all the time Keep oh yeah he's him. still working solid still Good looking ass man. In LA Contradential, though, that's when I was like, oh, look at this fine ass, cute little white boy. <laughs> Hello, N- young buck detective. So, yeah, that's all I got on Guy P.S. So, technically, he st- is an Aussie because he spent most of his life there. He still lives there. Mm-hmm. He still, I believe, Australia. identifies as Australian. Even though he is English and Scottish. Mm, that didn't sound right. My. It's coming and going. It's coming and going. I'm trying. It's the worst part about doing this this podcast is accents are the worst. Accents Especially, well, Australian is one of the hardest accents. I was practicing it earlier today. Jamie it got me. I'm, tr- I'm trying, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Because you had your headphones on, so I couldn't hear what you were watching. So, yeah, I have a No, I don't have a fun fact. I have a, just a Zenobia fact. <gasps> Bitch, how can I get me one of these first aid bars? That looks so cool. In the bus, they open up the first aid uh-huh. kit, and it's just a full ass. Oh, I have like a, a splitting headache. Happy hour. Uh, happy hour. I need one of these first aid bars. Somebody, somebody buy me one. Send me one. I Fuck want one. Me up. Hook so me up. <laughs> I need my medicine. You know I know all the hellstree. I'd be like, look, I need this because it's going to help my skin. This is going to help my toothache. This is going to help my headache. I just want a drink and I want it to be in a first aid it's kit. So Please and thank you. <laughs> and it makes sense because of those stupid Australian laws why they would have to have a traveling bar like that. But yeah. I, I will say the last thing about Guy Pierce, like, he has my favorite costumes in the entire film. 
There's one in particular that I've been considering trying to recreate for Pride Brunch this weekend. The flip-flop dress? No. It's the... That's Hugo Weedy. Yeah, that's my guy, Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the one with the big silver bow and the zebra coat. And they're practicing out in the desert. And oh my God, that outfit for me, I'm just... I need it. I need that outfit. Well, I need the flip-flop dress with the flip-flop motherfucking purse. And if the earrings. If you know me, and the earrings, if you know me, you know that I love flip-flops. I don't like wearing shoes. I like sandals. Yeah. I am a SoCal bitch. That is just the way I live my life. Yep. So I have always wanted one of these flip-flop dresses. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And divine. That is worn by our other leading man, Hugo Weaving. Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Can you tell me a little bit about a villain that I fucking hate all the time, usually, but except in this movie, I like love him. He's adorable. I love, okay. I have to say, because I've, again, I've never seen this movie, but I have seen a lot of interviews of Hugo Weaving because. I was obsessed with the Matrix, so having Same. Agent Smith. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so having him, and then I loved the, the graphic Blaze, novel, V for Vendetta, and then he ends up, oh my god, being a V for Vendetta, and then, of yep. course, Red Skull from our Marvel Cinematic Universe from Captain America. To see him play all these characters, but then you get to see him do the interviews, and he's so much joyful, smiling, he's very charismatic, he's such a witty, off-the-cuff kind of guy, but I never got to see that really well in any of the films. The roles he plays are very specific, elicit a specific emotion yes yeah. yes yes because yes. of his eyes it's like it's just very expressive his, right and yes. intense very and expressive like, oh but to see and so him, he always plays someone who's like judging or like it's because he could just cut you down with those lips. oh yeah. yeah but then to have him do this role was just so refreshing and so beautiful to see and it's really funny because this is a movie that he did in the beginning of his career and, and i've yeah. seen everything later in his career so to see where it all came from and what i love is that i watched a lot of interviews pertaining to hugo and this character and he as well grew up in england he's he's an english actor but he moved with his family to the outback when he was 16 years old and so he identified coming from london and having to experience this change he said he used that a lot when he was moving to understand the character of Tick and to bond with him because it is really hard to be a gay man and be a man who dresses in drag to be exposed to this toxic masculinity that's expected of you in the outback. And that's the only way that you're going to survive in the outback is if you're rough and tough. It was really beautiful to see how he brought that character to fruition, personally identify with it, even though he's not a gay man. Right, right. Just wanting to be sensitive or be more artistic and 
it feels like a very genuine approach, a yeah. tender approach, especially again if we compare it to Tuong Fu and Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is acting or doing something that's clearly not who he is. Yes, I'm, I don't get that same feeling when you see Hugo do it. Yes. Yeah. Because I also feel like uh, English people are semi-feminine, not just just like the way that men men aren't as men as they are like in America or Australia. So it is easier for him to be, I feel like, more fluid because he came from a place where... Like, like maybe, maybe that metrosexuality or... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see Definitely. that. Some things he does do where he like does the wrist or whatever, but for the most part, like you know, he could have just been a, a he could be a cis man who just wears drag. I mean that that is a total legitimate. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not so much in '94, but today that it, that could absolutely be right. Way. Yeah, I get it. I think he does a great job. Mm-hmm. I re- uh, I thought was really funny is that he has a really close relationship with Stephen Elliott. They're best friends. But apparently the production company, when they were casting, threw out the name Tim Curry. And they're like, we want Tim Curry. We got to have Tim Curry play the part of Mitzi. How revolutionary. I know. I would have totally enjoyed that. Oh, absolutely. I probably would want to see him more as Bernadette if I was going to see Tim Curry as somebody, mm-hmm. you know, being an older queen maybe. But That was another, yeah. another character that they had talked about. They also talked about David Bowie being Bernadette. Yeah. But going off of, he was supposed to play Mitzi, but one, Tim Curry turns the character down. He's already done it, obviously, Rocky Horror Picture Show. So he's like, I'm not going to yeah. do it. But even Steven, before Tim Curry could even turn down, he's like, no, Hugo, I really want you this part. And Hugo's like, I don't know. Are you sure? And he's like, just trust me. And Hugo's like, all right, I trust you. I trust you with everything. So he took on this role and a lot of people told him, don't do it. You'll get typecast. Right. You're never right. going to get anything else. I mean, as proven by Tim Curry getting, he's like, Bitch, I did that in 74. Like, right. and here we are in 94. Exactly. <laughs> so, but then you see that look how great all three of these men have a great careers. So it's yeah. not about taking that part that could no. ruin. I mean, it can, it was a risk. It's it a risk. Absolutely had to be a risk for that career at that time. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad they all took that risk because it didn't. It it just blossomed them as actors for sure. Right. No, and I have a lot of feelings about cast trans people as trans people, cast queer people as queer people. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Obviously. That conversation is very different today than it was in nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it was able to reach a wider audience because it was someone who's not gay or someone you've heard of. Same mm-hmm. with um, Tuong Fu and Patrick Swayze. The fact that it's Patrick, it makes, makes it so much, so much more accessible, accessible to a wider audience. Absolutely. And, and that's so necessary and part of right what, made, what makes it what it is. So. Exactly. And he had already started developing a little bit of reputation by doing theater. And, and Guy Pierce had started doing soap operas, actually, and TV shows. He was in a Aussie soap opera yeah. called Neighbors. Yeah. And he was on there for quite some time. Like, that was, like, his big thing. That was his big thing. thing That's cute. I didn't know that. To this movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> I watched a trailer for it. I was like, I want to watch this. It's what cute. Is yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's still running or not. You know, soaps never fucking so never die. But <laughs> that's not true. But, you know, they go for at least a good 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, Hugo's character, Tick, is based um, after a real queen. Drag artist, yeah. Yeah. Uh, her name is... Sydney Pastel, and she was married to a woman and had a son. That's so a great that's... name, Sydney Pastel. And it's Sydney with a C. Ooh, <laughs> like uh-huh. Sid, like a man's name. When he wrote the script, mm-hmm. he was like, "Okay, this is kind of what I want, but I kind of want Sydney in it and some, like you know, like." inspiration so she went to sydney's house to go you know drop off the script for a meeting and sydney opened the door with her son on her hip he's like who whose baby you got he's like oh i forgot to tell you i'm married and this is my son by the way and so no big deal oh by the way uh you know i'm just parenting over here and so elliot was like I will be back. I need to rewrite the whole script. So that is how we get Tick's character. Beautiful. But no, I, I know we're going to talk about Hugo Weaving again because we're doing The Matrix. That's not, <sighs> yeah, we're going to definitely do The Matrix. It's one of my... Or a Lord of the Rings. Like, who knows, man? I love Lord of the Rings. You don't like Lord of the Rings. Do you yeah. not like Lord of the Rings? You're giving me a weird face, girl. Me? I love Lord of the Rings. Oh, I thought you were just like, okay, if that's what you want to do. I'm like, I like Lord I of the Rings. I wouldn't have guessed... I wouldn't have guessed that you love <laughs> I personally went to the movie theaters to see all of the, the movies, yeah. including the fucking The Hobbit. I went to see both of those motherfucking Hobbits when I could have they could have put it in one. Why but I still went to <laughs> I went to I've been to the movie theaters to see every Lord of the Ring movie. I actually got my first like kiss after <sighs> the Lord of the Rings Fellowship. Oh my god. I feel like I almost got a bladder infection because I was holding my pee for the Fellowship of the Ring. Or no, the Return of the King or whatever. Yeah, and I could not. I was like, I can't go to the bathroom. What if he throws the wing in right now and I miss it? Like, and I waited this whole time because it happens. I would have missed it. So I held that shit. (laughs) Jared Stamp is in this movie, and he plays a character of Bernadette, who is a transgender woman. And him as a person, I'm sure, is really great. He was nominated for a Golden Globe for this. He was nominated, actually, for quite a few awards for this character. The Seattle International Film Festival Award for Best Actor. The BAFTA Award for Best Actor in the Leading Role. And, of course, the Golden Globe. He didn't win any of them. They were nominated, but never won. But... He took on a very beautiful interpretation of what it means to be a transgender woman. Would I have liked to have seen an actual transgender woman in this role? Yes. But we're talking about 1994, so I guess we're, we're just, just not. It's not like trans people didn't exist then. But yeah. it's just, right. right. Again, they're trying to get people to come to the film. Terrence yep. Stamp had a lot of pool back then. He had already done... Quite a few pretty well-known hits. I mean, Superman 2, he was the villain. 
And of course, he was nominated for Billy Budd Academy Award as well. That was his first film ever. So he was he's pretty well recognized in the scene. And to have him do this character, I'm sure, was a, a surprise to a lot of people. But I'm glad that he did it. When he got this script, he was kind of fed up with the whole system in general. He didn't really like the scripts that he was getting. Um, he's usually seen as a bad guy, especially here in America. So he just was just like, look, I need to do something different or I'm going to like stop acting because like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And so his agent was like, look, here's the script. It's completely different. And, you know, maybe you'll like it. And so when he read it, he agreed and thought that it was... It was good, a good idea for him to do. And I think that it was. All three of these guys are straight. They have no idea about the culture. So they did have to meet and go to a lot of drag shows mm -hmm. and meet a lot of drag queens. And, you know, they had, you know, transgender women on set there so that... You can tell. Could figure it was out. Yeah, very clear out. to me that, like, you've... He was met and talk to and have meaningful relationships with trans people mm -hmm. based on how you are Portray portraying this character. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you understand, understand things. Well, that's exactly what it was. He had his onset tran mom to show him how it was done. I want that job. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a trans woman, but I feel like I could trade you pretty good. Just like, you know, uh, a lady on the, yep. the trans coach yep. was on there and she was just like, pick up this glass. And of course he picks it up like a man would pick it up. And she's like, nah, nah, nope. nah, nah, put that down. Now pick it up. And she just shows him like, you know, how, how a lady would pick this up. So, you know, he, he took a lot of time to try to figure out who Bernadette was. Mm -hmm. He definitely felt like she was the most beautiful and stunning and smart woman ever. But the only way that that could play through the whole character is that they kept her ass away from mirrors. She was not allowed to look at herself. She was not allowed to look at dailies. Mirrors were covered because Elliot knew that if he saw himself, it would ruin the whole thing. Like he wouldn't feel that beautiful lady anymore. He would see himself as a dude in drag because he doesn't look as polished, you know? So he just was like, you know, don't, don't do it. Just, just don't look at it. And then until the premiere and was just like, this bitch had me out here looking all kind of fucking crazy. How like, I guess it was a good idea. <laughs> I guess it was a good idea that you didn't show me because they would have probably fucked up everything and we wouldn't have had such, he would have been very more conscious of the way he was doing things mm -hmm. instead of really feeling that he is the most beautiful, glamorous, old ass bitch on this bus. Like, you know. Honestly, I always thought, I, I thought Terrence looked very attractive. Like when... Bernadette's getting ready and she's peeking out the door and staring at everyone in the bar with her cute little bit headband on. She's like, Bob, we're having second thoughts. I thought she looked gorgeous. And the time of like now trans women are expected to have a shit ton of facial surgery and shave her mm. Adam's apple. And yeah, there's a lot different expectations uh, cosmetically, but also just like surgically 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that's something that is more tender about that character to me mm-hmm. because that's plenty of people's realities is you don't have access to these things. Yeah. You know? Not back then. It was not. Especially not back then, years. but even today. I mean, that's yes, there's makeup and YouTube, but like. That can only take you so far. Exactly. Yeah. There's still, your hands are larger. There's still things that like, that they touch on in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like she says, oh, now I know why drag queens drink daiquiris. Because it makes their hands look Out of a large glass. I mean, things like that are, yes, yes. But I also feel like her uh, looks grow on you the longer you watch the movie. It's kind of like Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, initially, you're like, oh! That's Wesley Snipes in a dress. (laughs) Yeah. But as, like, you know, the movie goes on and you start to see that character... The character progression, too. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. softens the edges and it doesn't feel as bad. So I also feel like that would Bernadette, too. And I, as a director most likely would probably minimize the looking in the mirror as well, too. Especially mm-hmm. for straight men, because that is such a huge... That's a big thing. Unless they're like, look, no, I need to see my face so I can know what faces I need to make or whatever. Other than that, I'd be like, bitch, just, just wait. You look good, but you just don't need to see it. <laughs> That's all I have for Terrence Stamp. Do you um, want a fun fact? I do. Here's a little bit of a the budget that you spoke about for the movie out of that two million dollars out of the two million dollars only twenty thousand dollars went to the costume budget wow they did that all of that and got an oscar i was gonna say shoestring budget and got nominated and won and won that's because they worked with real bitches Drag queens, yes. old school drag queens, where they're like, "Let me see. Oh, you got this trash bag. I'm about to make this into a gown." Or you know, queens who can sew their own stuff. I mean, obviously, not every the costume direct uh, designers weren't like all queens, but like the mentality of queens is to make glorious and beautiful things for cheap. That's how you do it, and and so that's amazing that that's their budget. But if it was more than that, I'd be like. You guys had no queens you could have talked to on how to do that? Well, they actually got a lot of help from Sydney's Long Bay jail inmates. Tell me about that. Uh huh. So, <laughs> Lizzie Gardner, who is the, was the lead costume designer, her co costume designer was Tim Chapel. So, the costume designer, Lizzie Gardner, had a friend that was working for Sydney's Long Bay Jail. And they didn't have a big budget. And some of the pieces in in the designs took hours. Like the pom-poms that were needing to be constructed, each pom-pom almost took an hour. And there were over 100 pom-poms on this just one waffle dress. So she asked... If some of the inmates were willing to make some money, not a lot, yeah, probably pennies because they have budgets, but it would be really helpful. And they all said yes. So it was almost like they were in a volunteer program. They were getting paid though, and they made most of the costumes 
for this movie. I did not know. Prison labor. Prison labor. I mean, that's that literally makes how the sense. entire continent yes. was I was started. So. I was like, that makes sense coming out of Australia. Australia. You were just throwing convicts places, and you're like, build something. Yeah. But what's really crazy, because they were also on such a tight budget, that they had to use really cheap trucks for equipment as well as the costumes. But one of the trucks, because it was such a beat up old raggedy truck, broke down in the desert. And a lot of the costumes started to melt together. Oh my God. Because of the materials. No. So cheap material. Is, Hot Australian sun. <laughs> there's Lizzie Gardner at the very end. They finally to Alice Springs Casino. And she had to pull out all the costumes and like quickly fix on the fly oh, everything wow. that she could because a lot of it got destroyed, which I, I can only imagine. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't have known either. And still nominated and win. And still nominated and still won. And what my favorite thing is for the for Lizzie Gardner, she really wanted to have this credit card dress for the, for the film. She really wanted it. It was one of her dreams, but for the film, they couldn't find a single credit card company that would sponsor and agree to let them use their emblem as a dress. Right. So then this movie has commercial success, Mm -hmm. success. She gets nominated and so American Express says, okay, bitch. Oh, by the way. Go ahead and make the gold-plated dress that you've ever that like you've always these, wanted. Did you still need those cards? <laughs> I can't remember if like, you needed them for the cards, for the movie. Or for, like, Do you want to like, you know, wear these for the premiere? For, <laughs> well, so she put the dress together with all these gold American Express cards. And she accepted the award for best costumes at the 67th annual academy awards that's amazing i know amazing best costume at the 1995 awards the only thing that would pop up was her picture in that dress dress. dress. i couldn't even i couldn't even figure out what dress won in the movie because all i saw was her the damn credit cards gold credit cards I would they, definitely think that it would be like the, one of them on the bus because those right? look fucking crazy. I mean, I love the lizard dragons costumes oh, where the, the collar flops. The collar. Like that part. Yeah. The sandals, the, dr- the thong the dress. Sandals is my, the flip flops is my motherfucking favorite. The only, it screams me. The only thing they can't take credit for is Cynthia's cat onesie lingerie with a zipper that actually was the actress's clothes <laughs> she oh. brought that yeah oh, she brought her own. i know she was like i have this laying around you want me to uh poop some fucking ping bongs out of my cooch in this <laughs> no problem They're like yeah and but the only incredible. last thing i have for the costume designers is tim chapel who you might recognize he did the costumes for Miss Congeniality. Yes. He also did it for the dressmaker 
And most recently, he's been doing it for the masked singer in Australia. Oh, Australia has a mask. I was to say, I didn't know they have their own. Yeah, they have their own. I like it. I like ours, so I'm down. Mm-hmm. I like guessing. I'm like, I think I know that voice. Because the wigs, more so than the cost- costumes. They were hit and miss costumes for me. Mm-hmm. But the wigs. But their wigs are through. very unique. And very not what at least we see here in the states, right? Like you know, made out of different materials, yeah. But then not always, not all, yeah. Just not all. Ugh, there was some really good stuff going on. I know. Yeah, I love it. And you should see the pictures from the musical because they make some of them even more elaborate. I bet. I'm sure. Uh, this movie is the most recent to win an Oscar for best costume. And it not be a period piece, a fantasy movie, or a sci-fi movie. It was true to the time. True to the era. It was true yeah. to the time, yeah. It was like a fluke. I'm sure they didn't think in a million years that they would ever win. And then they're like, yeah, bitch. Hey, you're not a sci-fi fantasy whatever. And they're like, and that's what they did. That's, what that's cool. Another one. So all of these redneck meanies that are at the bar that like kind of threw, you know, the bottle at Tick or... The locals, um, yeah. The locals. All the locals in these movies are real locals. They went to these little small hole-in-a-wall towns and told everybody we're filming a movie, but kind of didn't tell them what the movie was about. And that like, they would show up and they're like, look, our star is going to walk by. Just look at them and we're going to just film your reactions. A real so honest reaction. Just yell at of these. Yeah, a lot of these. No, I'm sure the people who talk were, you know, actors. Right. uh, And all the extras were just townies. But those looks at these people of them walking down the street, all that shit is all. It's genuine. Real. Yeah. That is what they would have got looked at if they really walked down the street like that. I like that. Well, the only thing I wanted to talk about is how important the cultural impact and emergence of the queer films was happening in the 90s. There was this whole term coined for this moment, which was called the new queer cinema. So this is post-AIDS. This is tail end of AIDS. Tail end of AIDS. Well, because, because, yeah. And I was going into deep about this because I realized we talked about all 90s films this month. Queer I mean, besides cinema. Rocky Horror, but yeah. Besides Rocky Horror. And... I mean, Party Monster wasn't specifically filmed in the 90s, but it was based on something that was in the 90s. So when I saw this, I was like, why is this happening? Why why was there all of a sudden this huge, big time? Yeah. And what I realized is that through a lot of political highs and lows throughout the ages, from 1950s to 1960s, all the way down, Hollywood was kind of scooting around this idea to do a queer film and that when they would introduce queer characters like in the 1950s and 60s they would always make them more overtly sexual innuendos make them evil coded for yeah evil sin yes absolutely. exactly so when they were making those characters all of a sudden right after that we hit the 70s and then stonewall Right. So what happens and the gay liberation, fund, oh, this could actually be a demographic that'd be really we good. We could for profit us. off of. Exactly. 
And then a lot of queer individuals start actually entering into the industry and saying, oh, there's, it's huge. We could do so much. Correction in your language. Queer people didn't enter the industry. They've always been in They've the always industry. been, yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Correct yeah. <laughs> that bitch. They've always been there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. They just talked about it yeah. in different ways. <laughs> in different ways, for sure. So there they, everyone wants to start working on these projects. They're all so excited. And then all of a sudden, the AIDS crisis happens. Mm-hmm. And these religious groups just come out it's of the walls. It's fuel for the and, fire. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, you know, ah, and they create all this chaos. But instead of Hollywood, you know, succumbing to the idea of, you know, oh, we have to appease these religious fanatics. No, we're going to actually make more films. Want to create these beautiful characters, normalizing, making positive, politically correct role models that are queer. But it was then during that time after after the that all started to finally settle down and they were pushing for it. Then you've got 90s kids who are so gay and so ready to be out and so ready to be proud and not, you know, succumb to the pressures that most people had been feeling prior to that, that it became like, yes, you know what, we can build all these storylines and characters now and have people feel empowered and have people go and see these films and it be educational, even though it can be really hard to watch. And so that's why we're, we start seeing all of these really positive, beautiful, strong films that pump up our community because Hollywood said, no, we're not going to push back. We're pushing forward. And I can appreciate that because Hollywood usually is this money grubbing. And of course, they did see it from a financial perspective, right. for sure. It's but, America. Capitalism is always yeah. the largest and, factor in what I definitely agree and disagree with that, um, I think that they've always, yes, have been in the industry. They just knew how to hide it, and they had their own codes. Right. If you knew what to that. look so for. If you knew what you were looking for, then you knew the real tea. But if you were just a regular, like, cis person, you're just like, oh, they went to dinner with... Uh, a guy friend and a girlfriend, but like really, they were there for their like, like a legit boyfriend. Industry of beards, <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. which we still yeah. see to this day. Oh. Which we still sadly see. I will be any rich gay man's beard. <laughs> Call me. I'd be very understanding. I'd be a lot like Tick's wife. Mm-hmm. She's a lesbian. She knew what she was getting in. Like their marriage is. He's in a dress and she's in a tux. And that's what they knew from the jump. I was questioning, is this a straight up beard situation? No, I mean, I think they're both by straight woman. I wasn't. She's not straight. She's not straight, remember? Because the son says, well, mommy had a girlfriend for a little while. Yeah, mommy had a girlfriend. It's okay. Yeah, so she's not straight. They could be each other's beards and purse. I mean, that makes sense. Well, I think that there's a genuine love that happens between them. Like, he even says, he's like, I owe her a favor, too. Oh, absolutely. And you can see it in his face. Like, he doesn't want to disappoint her and hurt her. And she calls for help, and he's there for her immediately. And he never fully distinguishes, remember? Because there's a point where Bob asks. say about, yes. Yeah. They're dancing. uh, Tick and Adam are dancing and having a fun time. And he's like, so what is it? Are, do you have a, like, are you gay? Or do you, you know, swing both um, ways? At the time, bisexuality is not a word no. that people identify with. 
<laughs> so it's and but he keeps it open. He keeps his fluidity, his sexual fluidity, like I completely. I do too. Yeah. I, He's like, I don't know what the fuck I am. I'm just like me. He's dude. just doing his thing. Although yeah. when he shows up on that camping or whatever they are doing, when they go to climb the mountain, I'm trying to be a cis man over here. I'm like, what is he doing? What is he doing? With the hat, <laughs> they were mad clowning on his ass. I, I love it. I would cap on you too. I would too. He tried so hard. Like, but even his wife was like, "Come on, just let it go. Just let it go." <laughs> I mean, I feel like she should have told him. Like he gets it. Yeah. I'm a lesbian. He he gets it. Like mm-hmm. it's not that's just another normal. It doesn't he just wants a dad. Like it doesn't really matter. Uh you're making it more of a thing than it needs to be. Exactly. But you know, she was just like, Y'all do you because <laughs> in about a, two months I'm out of here and you're with the kid, like, and I'm about to go fuck this I'm bitch about on to the live beach my somewhere. Best life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my best life. <laughs> okay, like for reals. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna see that movie. I know there is talk, uh, not talk, but they have talked maybe about doing uh, Priscilla part two. They have joked about it. They have joked about it. I would love to see it. I would love to see their son turn out like straight, just around all these queer people. Just like this is my family. Like another birdcage like, situation. <laughs> like another birdcage. You know, like you want to meet my mom or like my drag queen mom or like my auntie. Or like who? (laughs) I do have one more for Bernadette. She was actually based off of a real trans woman named Carletta. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was part of the Lay Girls uh, with her real titties ass. And so, yeah. So some of these wonderful characters are based off of real beautiful women in our world, which I love. love So let's talk about Bill Hunter, who plays Bob. Uh He's a mixed bag. I don't know how I feel about Bob's character because I don't like the way he treats Cynthia. Right? I really hate like I, a slave. I don't. Yeah. But if I don't think about that part, then I'm happy that. But also, it kind of feels like she tried to like catfish him into like, like oh, she got him real fucked up. And then she married him thinking that he was from like Sydney with money and shit, but really he's from like some small ass outback town. It's the typecasting that it goes back to this gold digging foreigner that comes in. And I, it's just so, I don't know. It's the one thing that just seems really tacky. Yeah. I I don't, I love her as a character. I just don't love them as a couple. Yeah. And I love the actress too. Oh my God. Like we'll this get is to her, her. <laughs> but when Terrence was getting uh, the role of Bernadette, he was like, "Yes, I will do this, but I will only, only, and I repeat, only do this if Bill Hunter plays my boyfriend Bob." And then they were like, "Okay, Sounds so they to call me. him." Yeah, they're like, "Bill, I need you to be in the. I'm making a movie," and he's like, "Okay, that's cool. Good, good luck." And he's like, no, I need you to be in this movie. And he's like, oh, sweet. When are we making this movie? The only way reason why you're in this movie is because he said he would not do it unless you played his boyfriend. He's like, boyfriend? What? No, I don't want to do this. And he had to, like, call him and was just like, look, I just feel like it would just be fun. We've worked together in the past. Like, you know, it'd just be a whole new level of, like, character we could never possibly do. And I think that he actually does a good job. Like I said, it does kind of suck to see, like, where he comes from, his wife, his life. But once he is on the road and he's with the ladies and he's falling in love with Bernadette, it 
you start to be like, you root for wow, him a look little. at you. Yeah. You root for him. Because even at the club, when he made them perform and nobody clapped for him, he's the only one who's like, yeah, bitches, you did it. And he does somewhat but, redeem himself when he goes to that like annual meetup with all the guys at the... And he protects her. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he has his good and bad like everybody else. But yeah. All people have to get better. Especially dudes. Be better. Especially dudes, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to lose all our guy fans, please. Oh, uh, yeah. You guys, but I'm not talking about you, listener dude. I'm talking about the other dudes who don't listen. Not you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> you can edit that out. But I'm definitely talking about you, Chad. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Julia Cortez, who plays Cynthia. I love her. I think that, she, like, again, I like her character. I just like feel like she's just so weird. It's just off. And I wish that you didn't portray, you know, Asian women as like extra sexual that's and not her. thirsty. That's and... um, how it was written. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with taking a job and nope. paying your bills. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. But, you know, I love her little pink dress at the dinner table. She's so cute. I know. She's so cute. I like her. She was meant for a city. She wasn't meant for, like, the outback. That's the thing. She was meant to go live in Sydney. No, but fuck nowhere. You have a little dingo. Yeah, that's where she was meant to be. That's why she packed her shit up. She's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out. She is really from Sydney. That's where she was born and raised. So she is a uh, Aussie. But... Like you said, she is known for us for playing Rita and Money Morphin Power Rangers. Yep. Oh my God, she's so good. And as soon as I saw her face, I was like, oh my God, it's Rita. <laughs> yeah. And this is her first and only, this is her first movie because she is in the Power Ranger movie, but this is her first big screen debut but that's all that she has on her list so i can not really find much about her i love her i doubt we'll talk i don't really want to do the power ranger movie sorry girl no it's if okay that was on your list but not the old ones but i mean the new one is really cool i got two more three more you ready ready boom hugo he came home one day dressed completely in drag he walks through his door. His four-year-old son sees him, starts screaming, Oh, what the fuck? And he's like, Oh, it's okay, baby. It's me. It's daddy. And he's like, Oh, take the wig off. And he takes the wig off. He's like, See, look, it's just me. And then his son's like, No, put the wig back on. And he had to put the wig back on. <laughs> so he freaked out his four-year-old son for a little bit because he did not know who this man-woman was walking into his house. Very confusing. I like a conversation um, needed to be had. <laughs> Needed to be had, and I feel like his son is better for it. Um, another one is the bus. The bus with the giant silver shoe on top of it. Opened the ceremonies at the Summer Sydney Olympics. I read that. 2000. And so they did a whole scene. Us here in the States might not have seen a lot of it because they kind of cut away from it. It's 2000s. Gays weren't cool then. So <laughs> we didn't get Correct. But yeah, Australia gays were always cool. They're always cool. They were cool to me in 2000. I was in theater hanging out with y'all the fuck time. Oh, yeah. That was my shit. Still to this day. That's cool that it's. I don't know if it's embraced culturally as part of Australia 
And no, it definitely is embraced. Um, like I said, they did it at the Olympics to honor it. They well, it was like, not like of it. Did they just have a queer on the team that threw that shit in? <laughs> or like no, like they had the bus. They had like queens with the whole. You know, they did. They did the whole. That's cool. The whole damn thing. Cool. Movie's but, huge in Australia. Yeah, Australia has it down as like the most one of the most like influencing Australian movies of all time. It, it it brings a good light to Australia. It's held extremely high in the outback. That's cool. So, so it's not like looked down upon. It's like revered. The gay culture, yeah, the gay cultures bring a lot of money to the states. Like I said, they have their Mardi Gras, their big ass Pride Festival that brings hundreds of thousands of people into the out there to the country and another thing is when they go and they stop in the broken hill uh town the first town where they like you know walk the streets has embraced this movie to no end where they now have the broken hill festival that happens every year uh where you can go to a nice gay festival in this very small town that is not known for being a gay hub because of this movie has started its own festival and has embraced this movie. So it is lo- beloved and loved in Australia. Awesome. And, you know, I watched this as like junior high, early high school. I remember being on TV and thinking like, what is this? And also thinking it was a uh, Tu Wong Fu knockoff. Yeah. Like most people. <laughs> but I was like, I like it. I like it. I'm down. This is beautiful. This is fun. This is funny. You know, and I'm glad that we actually got to do it this year. So, yeah. It's an awesome movie. Thank you. Thank you for picking this movie. I love this film. It's might be problematic in some aspects. Everything is. Yeah. It's so yeah. old at this point and still yeah. the poignancy of it is there. The message yeah. is still relevant, which is yeah. unfortunate, but also good film lasts the test of time. Yeah. And just remember in Australia in the 90s and some parts of the country, it was illegal to be gay. You could get 14 years in jail or some whippings. And this was more than what you would have got if you raped a woman. So uh, put that in perspective. Love it. Love to love it. Love it. Makes sense. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, raping a woman, that's like nothing. Yeah. Being gay, it's like the worst thing ever. That's terrible. That's a weird hierarchy. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, Australia. Sorry. I'm sorry. Did not I just you. like no, a downer? Not you. Just <laughs> not you. Thinking about it. Don't think too hard. As we all should. I feel like Pride Month is like Black History Month where you got to learn about all learn the about it. horrible shit that happened to you so that you know where you're going. Always. And and so, you know, that's why there will always be a Pride Month on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. All right. Well, um, I'm ready, Miss Lenny. Oh, are you? Are you ready? Are you not ready? I'm ready. So are you ready for... Z for the people. Uh, Lenny's revolution. Burr, 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 burr. That's right, everybody. So, yep. Zenobia passed on her Z for the people to me this week. Wow. And I had to, obviously, I wanted to pick an organization that was really going to be as helpful for us to 
pulled together this. And when I was doing my research, there are so many organizations and there's this really cool website you can go on to. It's called mardigras.org.eu because again, they call their pride Mardi Gras. Which I didn't know. So... I I definitely want to go to their Mardi Gras kind of first, but maybe not because I can drink a lot in New Orleans. Never mind. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> so when I was looking and I was I was checking out, they a lot of really great organizations. Please go check them out and find one that's going to best be suited for you. The one that touched me the most for this month would definitely be Trans Pride Australia. Their specific motto just breathes so much into me. They want to make a space that empowers trans and gender diversity with people all across Australia. They bring open these public spaces, open forums, public events to educate all over the continent, to bring people together, families together, understanding, supporting parents, partners, their colleagues, their friends, everyone, diverse people to make and build strong allies so that people everywhere, but specifically, obviously in Australia, because this is dedicated to Australia, feel confident about who they are and who they want to be and how they are represented and making it an open and beautiful space. It creates this beautiful, strong network of organizations and communities all across the continent of working together to make sure that everybody is heard and everybody is represented and protected. And I just, by some of the really cool events and educational programs that they're sponsoring and providing for everybody is just beautiful. And I highly recommend, please donate your time, donate your money to this beautiful organization, this beautiful cause, because it's just, we've talked about it before, our trans brothers and sisters, it's just so important for all of us to be together and work and to help each other better understanding and better communicating because it's, you know, the time was yesterday that we need to be doing this. So just put your foot forward and help out as much as you can. Now you can find them at transprideaustralia.org.au. Please donate your time, donate your money. That's a good one. I like it. Well, that's another Z for the people. That is revolution. (laughs) Well, Jamie, thank you for being on the show with us. Thank you both for having me today. It was awesome. Yeah. This was really fun. This was really fun. It was a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for keeping me in check. Thanks for always keeping me in check. Good. Take care of my Lenny out there. Tell everybody where you are now, Lenny, on the U.S. map. Oh, yeah. I'm in Denver, Colorado, baby. That's where she's at. She's getting closer and closer to me. Slowly but surely. On her way home. Slowly. Very slowly. So, do you want to tell everybody what our next movie is going to be? So, our next movie is... Singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. Uh, Zenobia's favorite feel good movie for our feel good movie segment month. So it definitely is my favorite, favorite, and I'm ready to drink on that one. Yeah, I'm so ready. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we did it. We made it. Yes, we made it. We did it. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening. Obviously, you guys have your ears tuned in. But if not, don't forget to tell your friends. You can catch us on all the forums that you listen to podcasts, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple uh, Podcasts. Go ahead and check us out. We have our social media accounts, Lights Camera Cocktail on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok. You can also email us any of your close encounters or any rec- movie recommendations or cocktail recommendations at our email address, Lights, Camera, Cocktail, Noah. Get the S out of here. At gmail.com. There, you can hit us directly. We love hearing from you guys. I really do appreciate it. You guys are hilarious. And thank you so much for joining us. You've been a blast. I've loved having you here. Yeah. This was fun. And, uh, We will be back next week with another episode of Lights, Camera, Cocktails. What a nice dog. What's its name? Herpes. If she's good, she'll heal. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That was a good one. That was.